Hey guys, welcome into our Friday. It's cancel this. We end the week with a bang, like we like to do here. I'm Vic Fast with Tab of the Hassle. Scotty Gurkin here and Eric Johnson in on the way. It is Friday, everybody. February 10th, getting ready for the weekend. Um, whether you like the Super Bowl or not, as Eric said yesterday, it's as big as most holidays. It really is. Um, whether you tend to participate in it or not, there's usually a Super Bowl party going on or something. It's a Super Bowl weekend. We're getting you set for our free-for-all Paranormal Friday. And today's Friday takes on more of a paranormal theme. The one and only, the legend, the St. Louis Broadcasting Hall of Famer. He'll be a National Hall of Famer, too, before it's all said and done with. George Nori from Coast to Coast joining us in just a few minutes. We'll have George on. Can't wait to talk to George about everything paranormal. His rise from local news director to being the guy when it comes to talking paranormal. Not only does he have his Coast to Coast show, Tabitha, he's also on the History Channel, Ancient Aliens. I've seen him on there as well. And there's just something about George. He is a, a legend. <laughs> and the way he is a legend. That he talks, that we'll be getting in with him in a second. Share the show. Yes. As always, share the show. Cancelthisshow.com. You can catch all of our original content there. We'll keep you posted with that. Also, coming up today in our 9 o'clock hour, Ty Dennis from Clippers and Cops, his national organization that brings police and the inner city together, both younger and older generations. He's like, you know what? We've been doing stuff all around America. I've talked at Georgia Tech University. I've talked at other colleges. Um, we need to get something done in St. Louis. So on February 16th, there's going to be a massive event in the St. Louis area. Ty's going to be in studio to talk about that. I want to talk to him about paranormal. <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> We're always so serious with Ty with serious topics of He's probably, race issues, yeah. police issues, gang issues, drug issues. Let's ask him about ghosts He's and aliens. probably seen some things. <laughs> uh, so we'll have uh, some fun with that. If you want to jump in and join us today with any stories, text us. We will be running our text line. It'll run at the bottom of your screen. It is a scrolling number. You will text us that. Do not call. Text that. And Scotty will pipe you in via Zoom, our video chat line. People have used it. To join us, we appreciate you doing that as well. We've also got your news headlines today that we'll jump into as well. Um, that's always fun to do. Um, also, um, if you have any story ideas, let us know what's going on. We say share the show. Get on all the platforms um, that we have. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, let us know what's going on if we see something. Uh, do you have Super Bowl plans this weekend, Tabitha? Um, nope. Nope. I'm you're, not a, you know, you know, you're not me. a, yeah, that's true. You're not a sports I'm not person. a big sports person. There was, yeah, but a, you're a social person. I am very social. You like drinking. You like shots. I, come on. You I, like to cook. These days I drink a lot of tea and just hang out, but, but that's okay. You didn't drink tea when you and I were out last night. Nothing wrong with any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, what were you drinking last night? I had, I had two Bud Lights. Oh yeah, that was right. You were drinking beer two right bu- now. Two right. Bud Lights. That's right. Well, nice. That's something nice and easy. But oh, we I, had fun last night. I totally get it. It's also a big weekend. Um, we like to promote it. You may not be able to get tickets to it, but you can also check them out online. Scotty, I know you're busy doing stuff right now. Um, did you guys sell out for your big show Saturday night in the St. Louis area at Diamond Music Hall? We are 13 tickets away. 13 tickets. I'm expecting a text pretty quickly that it's done. Congratulations, man. Well, thank you. Hey, remind everybody how the concert came about. Um, we did a uh, benefit uh, our tribute toast to Jeff Burton from 105 Sudden the Point. And they asked us to come back and do a little reunion, play five songs. We got together, 
did that and said, hey, why don't we do another show? Been five years and decided to do it, and here we are. Modern Day Zero. Can people check out all your stuff online, too? Oh, yeah. YouTube and yeah. Spotify, all that stuff. Dude, that voice is a powerful voice <coughs> when not it gets today, in. it's not. But oh, all prayers and thoughts go to Scotty. If anybody... Uh, has any uh, magic super potions on a paranormal Friday? Please send them ASAP. I think I've uh, I think I've done them all. Aww. Well, then it can only be one way, right? Up. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, either I'll be okay or I won't be able to talk at all next week. We'll see. Oh my gosh! And well, nobody can fill in for you when you're the lead singer. I'm just gonna numb it, and if I tear it up, I tear it up. It is what it is. Boy, that's just like the old athlete, the NFL <laughs> athlete. Give me the cortisone shot. I'm playing, coach. <laughs> Put me in, coach. You will do phenomenally, and I, I really hope to be there. If I'm not out of town this weekend, I am going to be at... You don't know if you're out of town this weekend? My son sold his house. And <laughs> oh, nice. His, and at some point, we have to go out and clear his his late father's things out of the house. So I'll be there, buddy. Don't, don't worry. I will be there. I've not heard you guys play. I can't wait. I've only heard <sighs> one song. I just hope I can pull it off and not disappoint. Yeah, there's no yeah. pressure. Eric, the first five songs should be great, so get there early. <laughs> hey, be, before, we, before we move on to, to talking about Eric, which we have to do. Talking about Eric? <laughs> uh, Scotty, how do, do, how do people buy tickets? Is it through Ticketmaster? Uh, it's through I'm, Eventbrite. Eventbrite. Through Eventbrite? Yeah, if they go to eventbrite.com and Better hurry. Modern Day Zero, it comes up. Yeah, Better hurry. Like 13 tickets left. I, and, I love it. And for our listeners who don't know, obviously, we've got the musicians on the show. Eric Johnson with Platinum Rock Legends. Where are you guys this weekend? I don't know. Oh, we're oh come on. Why am I not We're surprised? at the bottleneck at the Ameristar. Yeah, they're at the Ameristar. Man, that- it's punk rock, dude. Just get a, just get some tracks and sing along with it. Just <laughs> lip- Millie Vanilli it. Who cares? It's going to be so loud. No I one mean, we do play to a click it. track, so I mean, we could just drop just the drum. Just do it. it just you don't even have don't even turn any instruments on. Just play to the damn record. You'll be fine. I'm not I sure should be people a manager. would really know. You should be. Should be uh, Vladimir Tarasenko traded from the St. Louis Blues. For, we're a St. Louis-based show. We go national. We know that. Uh, he was a massive hockey player at one point in time. He's going to the Islanders. We wish him and his wife the <laughs> Did best. Did you say at one point in time? It was. I ran into his <laughs> wife at church during the day. I'm not kidding. About a month ago. And I was like, uh, do you know where the priest is? And she's like, oh no, I just come here and light candles. She was, and I was like, oh, and man. I was like, I bet she's lighting candles for Vladdy because things yeah. are not going so well right, right now. Oh my god! Yeah, it was, it was funny. Lighting candles to go to the Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> so it worked. Nice. It worked. They're headed to New York. Um, hey, it's a paranormal Friday, free for all Friday. We are grateful um, to have George Nori. Eric asked for him. Hey, dude, we got to get him on. What well, makes sense? Go to the top, right? Go to the top. He is the top, so we are now going to be joined by George Nori. The George Nori. I think. I can't wait. I can't wait. Not okay, that hate. failed. No, no, no. I, I want to be the no, no, no. next George Nori. Huh? And now it's a special day for us because we have the superstar, the Hall of Fame radio broadcaster. The man, the myth, George Nori, coast to coast. He is the man. George, we welcome you into our show for people who may be younger, who may not know about you, who may not be staying up at night. George is the man who was in St. Louis. Um, I remember you on Nighthawk. <laughs> he was on KTRS. That's going way back. He was the man. Wow. That's going way back. And then he took over in 2003 for Art Bell nice. when Art Bell yeah. retired. And, of course, you've taken it to another level. 
my friend, welcome to Cancel This. Outstanding. Thanks. Great to be with you, Tabitha, Eric, all of you. I hope everybody's well in my hometown of St. Louis. How's it going out there? It's going better now. Thanks yeah. for t- <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, a little cold and windy. That's right. George, I'll start it off. I'm back in the day when I was coming home late at night and I would hear Art Bell. I was it was destination radio, as you know, and I'm not starstruck by many people. I got a chance to stand next to some big stars. You're one of them. You're you're kind of uh, I'm kind of starstruck right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, you um, know what? He was also a super news director. Yes. For KSDK, who hired Karen Foss, arguably the best female news anchor that St. Louis has ever had. And he remembers her well, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Put her together with the late Dick Ford. God rest his soul. That's right. Absolutely. He just took off like a rocket. One question I have for you, when I've always wondered this, and I was an Art Bell person forever, and I, if, I, if it was midnight here in St. Louis, I was listening to Art Bell, period, discussion over. And then I heard your voice come in. I was like, oh, Art's got a fill-in or something. I couldn't figure out what was going on there. And then you took over. And when, when you took over, I always wondered, did you ever have a chance to go out to Pahrump, Nevada, and sit with Art in the middle of the desert and just talk about all of the things that he somehow acquired and, and his knowledge. Did you ever get a chance to just go talk to him and just hang out with him? Eric, Art was a really strange guy. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked about going out there a couple times and he went, no, 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 no need to do that. I'll, I'll just give you a little bit of time on my phone. And uh, But he was, he, was, he was weird. I mean, the first thing he said to me was, don't use my bumper music. And I want to use the entire show. And right. I still use some of his bumper music. But uh, no, I never went out to Perump to see him. Uh, we yeah. talked a couple times on the phone, and then uh, he kind of drifted away, came back, drifted away, came back, and then uh, drifted away forever. Yeah, it was almost the perfect ha- handoff to you. I thought I, I always kind of envisioned his him living in a trailer with a little outside, uh, you know, fire pit and chupacabras <laughs> running by. <laughs> no such thing as a chupacabra, Eric. Pretty, pretty close. It wasn't a trailer, but it was pretty darn close. To it. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'll, I'll throw to Tabitha. I have so many questions. I'll just, I'll just throw it around the room, Tabitha. Well, thank you, Eric. Well, George, I'm going to jump right into things. I am very curious. If you read the same report that I did, and and that was that Ukrainian astronomers claim that they see UFOs over Ukraine all the time. They say it's a daily occurrence. They figured out a way to turn the to to correct the refraction on their on their telescopes. And they say it's just an everyday occurrence. So I'm curious why we so often hear that there are UFO sightings or orbs over either natural disasters other types of catastrophes or more more torn areas that's why facts come in from my producers for tonight's show you don't know what that that is a top secret facts right there live radio folks we love it my friends from the ukraine sending me a message but no you're right it is a matter of fact let's go back to world war ii Pilots reported seeing little UFOs flying all over the place, which they called Foo Fighters. In Vietnam, pilots reported seeing UFOs all over the place. And now we're getting the same thing with the strife in Ukraine. For some reason, these, I'll call them extraterrestrials, for lack of a better phrase, they seem to be following moments of of, of strife and disaster, as you just pointed out, Tabitha, 
They're curious in what we're doing, but they're not interfering. They're just watching. They're probably like wondering how we've made such a disaster yeah, no of our doubt. planet. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, we're talking with George Norrie, uh, the Hall of Fame radio broadcaster, coast to coast host. George, one thing that I have become very fascinated with, whether it was via Simpsons episodes predicting what appears to be the future or people making predictions, the Super Bowl is Sunday, and there is a guy who predicted and put all of his predictions on eight or nine Super Bowls in a row, and he predicted before the season that the Philadelphia Eagles would win this year's Super Bowl before anybody knew that the Eagles were going to be a dominant team. When it comes to time travel, what are your thoughts? What are your experiences? We've interviewed a lot of people about time travel. One was a physicist who wanted to go back into time to see his father. His name was Ron Mallett. And uh, time travel is probably conceivable one day. I don't think we're ready for it yet. But in the future, we're going to be able to travel in time. Where would you go, Vic, if you could go back into time? Oh, if I could go back into time? I don't know. When, probably, when, was, uh, when was Elvis uh, We'd go to the Renaissance. <laughs> I'd go to the Renaissance. <laughs> I'd head to the Renaissance. That's years. pretty nice. That's all, yes. I, can, I can see you as a yes. medieval well, guy. I, am kind of, I want to go back and see Jesus on the mount. See, there you go. That's what I want. I, I would love to witness that event just to see what he did and the crowds that were around him and everything else. I'm afraid I would be like Peter George and be weak if somebody asked me because I don't know <laughs> if I'd be ready to uh, die on that cross like Peter eventually did, denying Christ. Pull him down off the cross. Do you hear the sirens outside? Yeah, we do. It's all good. See, we're talking about all the weird stuff now. Here in Los Angeles, they don't stop. They just okay. Yeah, I, I, every day. <laughs> um, speaking of time travel, CERN. I mean, this is new, right? CERN. Uh, you see, you hear reports now of you know this was supposed to be an atom smasher. It was supposed to be create energy from the first time I heard it. Now it gets to this point where CERN is o opening up portals. And when you open up a portal to different dimensions, there is that possibility of time travel. There's that possibility to speak to people that maybe have passed over. We don't even know what's on the other side. Does CERN interest you at all? We've done stories on CERN, uh, Eric, and uh, it's near the French-Switzerland border, a huge, massive tube that physicists and scientists have been working on. It's cost billions of dollars. I have no idea what they're doing there right. Right. at all. But they're, right. doing, they're doing something. They yeah. said they found the God particle. It's called yep. the Higgs boson, whatever that means. Right. But uh, they're doing weird things over there. George, we on this show, we talk often about Antarctica because there is mm. something going on in Antarctica. Okay. You know, we hear stories about portals, about ancient civilizations. We know that they're outside of research facilities, military-type bases. No one has actually settled in Antarctica. What are your thoughts on that? There's something down there. Uh, we've done a number of shows about objects that are physically underneath the ice that's melting away, but uh, something's, some, something's down there. And governments have secretly gone there with people and crews and scientists. They're doing something there, but uh, who knows? But it's a very strange place. Yes, See, we've is. been trying. Tabitha and I believe that something's going on there. We, we, 
Eric's not quite ready to go there yet. That's in the flat Earth society. Yeah. I believe. I'm afraid. It, it, Eric still thinks the planet's six thousand years old. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> what? It's not. Right. What are you talking about? I find it fascinating, George, because I had heard you say once that you know you wanted to cover the stories that mainstream media would never touch that they would never cover. You found your role when it comes to this. And now we have so many stories when it comes to alien abductions Mm -hmm. as well. This is one, I mean, I see so much what I would consider to be proof where I'm not going to be like the average person. Oh, you know, you're just crazy. You're, You're out there thinking this and it's not happening. What kind of people have you spoken to? What kind of interactions have you had for people who claim that they've been abducted? All kinds of Victor, all kinds. It goes way back to when I was 21 and a reporter in Detroit. I interviewed Dr. Benjamin Simon. Now you might not remember or know that name, but he was the psychiatrist for the Barney and Betty Hill abduction case, Mm -hmm. which was one of the first big cases ever. John Fuller wrote a book called The Interrupted Journey based on that. And I interviewed him, Dr. Simon, and I said, excuse me for a second. The busy day today. Yeah. But I interviewed Dr. Simon, and I, I'm, I'm 21 years old at the time. And I said, Dr. Simon, were they lying to you about their abduction case? And he said, no, they weren't lying. He said, I don't know what happened to them. I don't know if they got abducted by aliens or kidnapped by people. But whatever they told me, they believe. And they told them the story of seeing a craft on the side of a road at night where they got abducted. And it turned out to be, and it still is, one of the biggest abduction cases ever, the case of Barney and Betty Hill. Yeah. Gosh, I remember it well. Yeah, it's it's those are fascinating stories. And I went, you know, not too long ago, I got scared to death by the uh, what was it, the Annabelle movies. And I then I learned about the people that were a part of that. And uh, I at that point, I started becoming a skeptic. I did because I was like always saying this can't be real. I got to ask you, and I've always wondered this as well. Are, are you in the game so much that you have literally just you've you've disproved some of these legends urban legends that you're going this this has just gone too far is there anything say it's ghosts um say it's mermaids say it's bigfoot whatever it is you've just gone chupacabras chupacabras yeah (laughs) is there anything where you're like okay we believed in this and we followed it forever but it's just not true is there anything the secret eric of coast to coast is not to destroy the image of what may be going on out there it's to present information and to let our vast audience decide if it's real or not mm-hmm. without me being the host. I'm an old time news guy. I mean, I could sit back all day and chastise, go after some guest. I don't do that. Right. I let them talk. I let them speak. How many are telling the truth? Most of them are some of them fabricating the stories, maybe. But uh, by and large, I just want to talk about these stories because there's a lot of strange stuff going on out there. Yes. Boy, isn't there really talking about strange stuff, or at least when we say strange, strange to the human mind, the human brain. What about spiritual things, spirits, people living in homes? You could call it with spirits mm-hmm. being haunted, um, those kinds of experiences. There is no doubt, Victor, no doubt at all that there's something on the other side. When we die, we go somewhere. 
Where? Who knows? We'll find out, won't we? But there's something there. Too many people have reported seeing things. Too many people have talked about their dearly departed loved ones that have visited them in dreams or stood at the side of the bed or made phone calls to them at the moment of death. There's just too many strange things going out there. And then when, you, when you think of life as a whole, what are we doing here? How did we get here? What does it mean? There's got to be some reality to that. Well, George, I, I know there is. I, I experienced it personally. I had a really bad asthma attack, and they, no matter what they did, they could not get my lungs to work as they should. I was not being oxygenated, and I was not on any type of medication. I was in the ICU, and I didn't realize it at the time. I saw these these three men standing towards the end of my bed, and I was talking to them, and the nurse and my mom who were in the room you know, we're very confused. They, they thought, they asked me all of the questions. What's your name? How old are you? I knew all of those questions. I said, there are three guys here. I asked the guys what they wanted. They paid no attention to me. What I did not know at the time is at the time I saw these three men, the woman in the bed next to me, it was a two bed ICU room. She had passed away. So they, the nurse gave me something to put me to sleep. And when I woke up is when I found out that woman had died right at the same time. Wow. I had seen these men. So once you see something like that and you see it clear as day and you know it was not a hallucination, you will forever believe and nothing will ever change your mind. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of weird things. I, I, we got a call one day on open lines from a police officer who said, George, we got a call that there was a person having a heart attack in a house. And we got to the house before the EMTs even got there. We knock on the door and a little old man opens the door to let us in. And we go bursting into the house and on his face is another little old man who obviously is the one who had the heart attack. We roll him over to try to give him CPR. He's dead. It's the guy who opened the door for us. Oh my God. What? gave me chills. No, That is wild. I was just getting ready to ask George if he's had a story that, I mean, he's got a million of them, but anything that really like raised the hair on his back. That would work. One of my classics, caller calls me years ago and says, George, I got to tell you this story. I was close to suicide. My life was a mess. I had a bad relationship. I had a bad job. Everything was going wrong. I figured the only way out for me was to kill myself. I decided where I wanted to die was a nice, pleasant place. And so I drove and drove and drove and drove. And finally, I saw a little lake on the side of the freeway. And that's where I wanted to shoot myself. So I got out of my car, parked it, walked up there. There was a little bench by the lake. And I'm sitting there watching ducks fly in and fly out. And that's where I was going to shoot myself because I was fed up with life. And he said, as I was reaching for the gun in my pocket, a little old farmer comes by and sits down next to me. And I'm going, geez, oh, Pete, I can't do this right now. And all he does is talk to me about life. He wouldn't shut up. He just kept going on and on about how great life was. He said, by the time he was done talking, I actually felt good about myself. <laughs> I put the gun back. I went home, I got a new job, I got a new relationship, life was good. About a year later, I decided I'm gonna go back to that town and thank that little old guy. It chokes me up a little bit, it's just an incredible story. He said, but I didn't get the guy's name. I got his description, 
So I went to the only place in town that would know who he was, the barber shop. And I said, sir, I da, 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 da. there was this little old man. He says, oh, you want to go to the house on the top of the hill? It's a white house. The daughter's there. Talk to her. And he said, George, the way the barber talked to me, I thought something might have happened. So I go to the house. I knock on the door. This young lady comes. It's the daughter. And I said, excuse me, miss, but I want to thank your father. He saved my life. Man. And she said, you're the eighth person to come to my house. Dad died 15 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you just gave me chills. Me I know that's unbelievable. It's like uh, the Michael Landon uh, that oh show that Michael Landon was in the the Angels. It's exactly right. I totally one million percent. When did that, that? When did you get the opportunity to hear that story, George? That was about six, seven years ago. Yeah, is is very, Indy, very is very emotional. Are NDEs and this, uh, I mean, I was telling these guys this uh, show that's fascinating to me because I've lost my mom, I've lost my sister. And instead of me going to the church, I always go to NDEs to kind of make myself feel better. The stories of what's on the other side, the stories sure. of how beautiful it is. The, I love those stories. Um, are NDEs one of your favorite subjects to kind of cover or ghosts or um, is that one of your favorite things to cover? Eric, I love them all because they're all fun and different. I mean, Bigfoot stories are great. A guy called me about Bigfoot. He said, George, I'm fishing on the side of a lake. I catch two trout. All of a sudden, I look, and there's Bigfoot 10 feet from me staring mm -hmm. at me and the trout. And I went, oh, oh my God. God. So I figure, I'm going to give him the trout. So I hand him over to him. Bigfoot <laughs> takes the trout, looks at me, and gives me one back. Oh, my God. His was half eaten. <laughs> That's wow. Funny. I mean, you can't make that stuff up. No, no. No, you can't. You can't. That's, yeah. That is certainly interesting. Do, do the people that have an iPhone is everywhere. Don't it? It's fascinating that there are people now that can back their stories up with photos and video and and recordings of. I'm sorry. Do do you get every single day? Do you get new videos and video of uh, of strange occurrences such as UFOs, ghosts, whatever it is? We do get videos. They do come in and they go straight to my webmaster Lex who looks at them and decides if he wants to put them on the website or not. But they do come in on a regular basis, all kinds of strange, strange things. Yeah. Some things we couldn't put on the website if we wanted to. Right, right. I would, I would admit, you know, can I ask something, George? What is the strangest story you've ever heard? Yeah, because he talked something about the most just, emotional yeah, one. Yeah, something that just blew your mind. Like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. All right. Heard. Well, one of, the weirdest, one of the weirdest was a lady is on the phone calling me one day saying, George, my husband was abducted by aliens. I mm -hmm. said, oh, really? How do we know this? Well, he came home. He's never late. He's never late. He came home nervous and sweaty and shaking. And I went, well, what happened? She said, well, he said he was abducted by aliens. Oh, really? What else? You know what they did to him? And I'm thinking, oh, my God, some kind of probe or something. Yeah. yeah. I said, no, what did they do? She said, they took his wedding ring off. And I went, oh. <laughs> I know what kind of aliens those were. The guy came home late and had a little rendezvous and forgot yeah. to put his ring back on. <laughs> I got it, George. <laughs> oh, man. Eric just got it. <laughs> I did. Hey, George, how long do you want to continue to do what you're doing? 
I was going to retire in 2012 at the end of the Mayan calendar date. I figured mm-hmm. that was a smart way to do it. <laughs> well, everybody I was. I got to 2012 and I was still alive. Yes. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I kind of like this job. I'm going to just keep going. Well, the network just signed me to a new five-year contract. Hey, I congratulations. I'm going to keep going. My producer and I have worked out a deal. And the deal is if I go, I want to die on the air. We go to a commercial, and he comes back and said, George has left us. That's the way I want to go. And oh, man, you just gave me chills. Actually, late. he stayed on a whole nother segment even after he left. <laughs> I'll milk it for as much as I can. Exactly. <laughs> George, people know your voice. They know your name. Do people recognize you when you're out and about? I I'm know on, you. I'm it's- on Ancient Aliens a lot. I'm on uh, Beyond Belief, which is a Gaia television show, beyondbelief.com. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I get recognized a lot. I went to Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago, and I was I was mobbed. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. But the, the highlight for me, Tabitha, Vic, and Eric, is when I go to the Polo Lounge in Beverly Hills, they put me in the booth at Frank Sinatra. Oh. <laughs> they, they, and uh, this is a great story about old Frank. Frank was sitting in the booth with his buddies, and next to him was another booth where the guy was there with his wife. And Frank is saying all kinds of words that start with F and this and that. Right, right. And the guy, and the guy you know, yelled over and said, Frank, can you simmer down? I'm with my wife, please. Frank took the, they used to have phones on the back of the booth where agents would call Mr. Sinatra. Frank took the phone and smashed the guy on the head, put him in a coma. This is in the 60s. Ended up settling for $13 million. Oh, wow. So I'm sitting in the booth that Frank Sinatra hit the guy with a phone with. It's oh, right. my God. The phone is still broke. <laughs> I, just, I, I just bought Al Pacino a drink uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And he told the waiter, he says, I don't drink, but you mind if he buys me a soft drink? And I went, I'll buy the whole table a soft drink. Yeah, so what what he stood up and saluted me. But I ran into Rami Malek, the guy who played of course. in the, Bohemian Rhapsody, Danny yes. DeVito, uh, Paul Anka. You run into all of them out here, but it's really cool. It's fun. And it's you. It we, St. Louis is. I, so we're talking about broadcasting history right now with George, and and St. Louis to me has been a just a mecca of broadcasters. Jack Buck, Bob Costas, Art Carney. I mean, I can go down the list. Do you consider yourself a St. Louis broadcaster? So are you one of us on one of the ilk here in uh, the Midwest? I am now. You know, I've been in St. Louis since 1978. I was born in Detroit, but I've been in St. Louis for a long time. in the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame now. They consider me a St. Louisan. Mm -hmm. Uh, But St. Louis, you're right, Eric, has had some great talent. John Hamm, who I don't think was a broadcaster, but he's a great actor. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dedicated people out there, but I love St. Louis. I get back there as Vic knows as often as I can. My family's still there. My kids are there. My grandkids are still there. And I love that city. And I uh, talk it up as much as I can. Well, I had that moment when I first saw George Norrie. And it was a smoky room because there are cigars in there. <laughs> and I don't smoke. I'm a member of the cigar bar at the Ritz, but I don't. Yes. You're a member there. And it's not – if. It's you got to have George in the cigar bar for it to be the right setting. Yeah. And I love that. I love the. And the first couple of times I was there, I saw George and George. I just want to thank you, at least for our viewers and our listeners to know. I mean, you've achieved this status over time doing what you love and a craft that you have. 
and a special skill that you have to do these interviews. So you've attained this high status. But in the times that I've met with you and talked with you, you've been nothing but respectful to me. Even before you knew that we did this show, when I reached out to you do this interview, hey, how are you doing? Yes, I can do it. Let's find a time. And with our schedules being so busy, that's not always the easiest thing. So I just want of our viewers and our listeners to know, and Eric and Tabitha and Scotty to know, uh, you worked with us to find a time. Um, you're nothing but a class act and a great all-around guy. So I say thank you for that. Well, I thought you were the guy bringing me a pizza at the Ritz. So I'm <laughs> hey, Frank hung out there a lot too. Yeah, <laughs> and Sammy and all those guys. So <laughs> we we love having you. And I guess you passed the audition. We'll see you here every Friday for yeah. our our paranormal Don't Friday. Good job. My talent feed. I'll give you the PO box. <laughs> Tabitha, anything before we go? Don't tease us. We might just take you up on that. But I do hope we run into you sometime at the Ritz Cigar Bar. I'll be back sometime in April for about six weeks. Uh, I'll text Vic and uh, we'll all get together. Please do. Real quick before we let you go. Hey, um, how can people find you now all the times, the video and the audio where people can find you live or taped? Okay, first off, if you want to watch television, you can watch the History Channel's Ancient Aliens. I'm on most of those shows. Online, beyondbelief.com, beyondbelief.com. And, of course, radio stations uh, in St. Louis, 97.1 FM. If you're traveling around the country, just go to our website at the top of coasttocoastam.com. It says media. Click that. And then click the state you're in. And all the list of the 640 radio stations we're on. And we're on XM and channel 146 as well. Damn. There you go. We appreciate it. George, the legend. Nori, thanks for your time. Stay healthy to all of you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, George. And we are staying healthy. Man, oh, man, is that great to have George Nori on. Um, who would have thought that he'd tear up? That, I mean, he's he does a ton of interviews, or at least he has over the years, I'm sure. And uh, he teared up telling that story yeah, the, those about are, the guy who decided to go on with life. You know, I, I was trying to get with him and to figure out what is it you believe on that show and what you don't believe. He can't say anything. He, I mean, I'm sure there's things that he hears. He's like, this is garbage. But you could tell that he was really into the afterlife, that that, that was the thing that, that touched him. Like, when you die, someone does come back and can interact with you and, and can help you. And I think that that's why he started tearing up. The other part, it shows you a little bit about who he is. We hope you enjoyed that content. And by the way, uh, if you came in on it late or if you know somebody that would like it, share the show. Let them know uh, what we have with George. Go ahead, send them the link. I put it on my Facebook as well. I put it on my Instagram. We've got it on our Cancel This site. As Robert says, George is a pro. Love that, guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Great get. Um, it, It is difficult. Thankfully, I had a relationship with him, meeting him at the Ritz Cigar Club a few times and hanging out with him yeah. so that he agreed to do the interview. And it's not easy, believe it or not. George, at 72 years of age with a new five-year contract, lots of life, lots of energy. Yeah. And the it's guy... content that people will always want, Vic. I'm telling it's, you, if you see George, I'm telling you, yeah. if you're polite, he, he's not the guy that's going to go get away from me. Yeah. He's a guy that's going to talk to you. He really will. I believe that. I can't wait to, to meet him. 
Hopefully he will get a hold of us in April. I promise so you, I, I guarantee he will text me. He is absolutely fantastic. You know, the thing, you, you, at the end of that interview. He texted me in the past and said, you at the Ritz tonight? You at the Sabaco? <laughs> I, I like, damn, George, I'm yeah. not going to be there today. He, it's it, it's funny because at the end he kind of rattles off all the media that he was on, like on the History Channel. and you. The, the only way, in my opinion, that you can absorb this show, Art Bell and him, is on radio late at night. I'm sorry, Vic, when you're driving down those highways and you're like, this is Art Bell, <laughs> coast to coast, and you start talking about ghosts and UFOs, and you have that theater of the mind going on, and you're freaking out. He freaked me. It wasn't him. It was Art one night. I was coming home from a show. I was driving back from Mount Vernon, Illinois. I never forget this. And it's, a, it's an hour and a half drive back to my house. And I listened to the show, and it was about UFOs and chupacabras and the, the, everything. <laughs> I was afraid to get out of my car just <laughs> when I got home because the theater of the mind can play tricks on you. Oh, that, no question. You know what I mean? try, try driving around in a Jeep with no top on in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> in the middle of the night. It, maybe, I, I get it. Maybe that's why your hair is curly it when you wake up in the morning. Could be, man. Um, we appreciate everybody. If there's, I, I mean, if you have George Norrie stories, that's great. If you want a video link, Call in and video link with us. Don't call the number that's rolling at the bottom of your screen. Text it. We will get you on uh, if you have George Norrie stories. I mean, you can text it. You can also jump it on video if you want. If you've had something that's happened to you that was paranormal-esque, that's what we do on Fridays. We kind of break from the mold. If you're new to the show or watching because of George, we talk a lot of politics. We talk a lot of society. We talk a lot of big news, headlines, interviews, cancel culture. Um entertainment but we also take a little time out on fridays for free for all fridays and paranormal let us know you guys are already jumping in the comment line's going crazy i can't even keep up with friday it. is my favorite day of course it is. i am not kidding you i i love talking about news and politics i love it but i could talk about this this these other topics or weird news every single day I yeah, really there's could. a lot of content, that's for sure. Well, because it, I find it fascinating. Some of these stories that I come across, and here lately, I come across really more weird or strange news than than normal news. It's like the world has gone mad. But some of it, <laughs> I, I, I find it so fascinating. I Seriously, I can talk about it Bell had this day. thing called the quickening. Do you know what the quickening is? No. No. It means that the more you talk about it, it's almost like the secret, if you know what the secret is, the manifestation. Which is true, by the way. Right. The more you talk about something. So if you think that the world is becoming evil and disorganized and in disarray, that it just, it's this exponential speed of it happening. And it, and, and Art talked about that a lot on his air, the, quick, on, the quickening and how we're headed towards something. I believe Faster that. now in history than any time in, uh, in history, I should say. And and I believe that too. I feel like we're headed towards something. Just either you either you can get in the woods and completely disassociate with life, or if you do associate with life, something is about to hit us in the face. So and like the Matrix is exposing itself. It's getting faster and Things, faster. Well, people say they call faster it, and faster and faster. I'm believing Some call more it the veil. Your, I'm believing more and more in your Matrix of sorts. Yeah. Me too. Because we too. all know time doesn't exist. I finally became. Explain that. I finally became a believer. So the only thing we have is the present? Here, uh, so there's no future, there's no past. I don't think that anyone really fully understands, but I do think that everything intertwines in some weird way. That's why people have like deja vu moments. That's why people know what's going to happen next. You know, And, and for me personally, if it happens to me as often as it does, 
it must happen to other people too. I mean, I've seen ghosts. I my mother and I both saw a ghost on the highway one day. We we yes, drove, we I drove did too. Right through it. Wait, hold what? on. Wait, 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 wait. Are you sure whoa, it wasn't whoa, fog, whoa. Tabitha? I called Dude. the police because we actually thought we had I a person. I actually. <laughs> I'm like, we just you hit someone. Wait, wait, wait. Oh my wait. god, that's serious. That happened to us too. That happened what? to me too. Yes, it did. We were driving back from Kansas City, Missouri. This so is we're, a true... we were driving from Springfield, Missouri, back. We... Maybe it was the same ghost. Dude, l- listen to this. It looked like someone who might uh, like um. What are the, the the people that would uh, the concierge people in the nineteen forties at the train stations? Oh, okay. it looked like someone. He had the hat on, he had the outfit on, and he was sitting on top of a, a luggage. And we were like, "That is super odd. Why would you be sitting in the middle of the highway with luggage and a concierge hat on from nineteen forty? Oh well, that's weird." We looked back; he was gone. Yeah. It's crazy. And we both saw it. We both saw it on the highway. Tabitha's right. It it, it happened to my mom and I. We were driving back from Springfield, Missouri. We had worked in Springfield uh, in in piracy. We're driving back on the highway. It's about 11 o'clock at night. Driving down, I guess that's Highway 40. Is it 44 or 70? 44 coming down. And I'll never remember. It was at mile marker 167. Mm -hmm. And I know that because we literally called police. And she's driving. And we're, you know, I can't remember which lane we're in. I I think in the far right lane. And I saw something out of the corner of my eye. It was very dark through that stretch yeah. of highway. And I said, watch out. You know, there's somebody in the road. And she looked and she swerved. And the next thing we knew, there was this guy standing. I mean, he directly in front of our front bumper, right? I mean, two inches in front of the hood. Yeah. And he, he was walking real slow. He turned and looked at us right as the car, like, went through him on the corner. And her and I, we Man. I'm getting chills thinking about it. Her and I talk about it all the time. It freaked us both out so yeah. bad. I'm like, we better call the police. I mean, there's there was no bump, there was no boom. It, it, but the guy just like looked at us dead in the face, right when he was in the middle of the car. It was a freakiest thing I've ever yeah. seen. And I'll tell you what, we I called police and I'm like, I just want to report yeah. that, that we may have hit someone. I don't think we did. I don't know really what happened. <laughs> I'm oh. like, but there was a guy in the car. There's in the road. There's no way we couldn't or didn't hit him, yeah. but yet have, we didn't. It could have been a time traveler. I don't know what it was. It could but have the, been a time I will never they can't, forget it. So I, one thing I should have asked George. But George did say there's no such thing as time travel. Kind of. That was the most direct he was on any of our questions. He was because he's like, I don't think we're there yet. He said that. I, you know, it's about we're not, but you know what? But the people in the future are, which means they can come back here. Does that well, make sense? No. I don't know. No. Maybe the people. In, if time continues on, then we. Ha- I always. I actually believe that aliens, or at least some of them, are actually future humans coming back to look at to study the natural mm. disasters and the catastrophes we have and the wars that we have. Because I think that. Somewhere down in the future, things change so much. Well, if you believe in Einstein's theory of relativity about yeah. how light, if you if you travel away from a clock at the speed of light, the clock stays the same, but to other people, it, it moves faster. Then there's, in theoretically, there is a way to manipulate time, right? If you believe in gravity and all the distortions of the universe, then there are ways of distorting time as well. So, can we do it? No. We cannot do it. Well, we right now cannot, but the people of the future can. And I would, 
Yeah, I would love to. I would love for him to explore CERN a little bit more because that's that's a fascinating little project going on. It makes no sense that that thing. It's, he, they built a what is it a thirteen mile circle underneath the ground to see about fusion energy. Come on, man. There's something else going on there. And then the day that it opens, Barack Obama arrives to see the opening of CERN. So, but do you some- think do you think people like Obama and you know you see these different photos and different do you think people like Obama or what we call the super elite yes, are they time travelers yes yes so are they people because if you really think not, about not it not time travelers they are the they, they are the ones that are privy to the information and the, Bill and Gates right. Bill Gates be. is privy um, John Kerry might be privy anybody that's at the WEF might be privy to this information they don't look at redneck Hoosiers in the middle of the United States as privy to this kind of stuff <laughs> seriously I'm, I'm sorry well, we're it's all, the truth we're all collateral damage and pawns right, right. But, but if you if you believe that time continues on and that we will progress from where we are now yeah. well that means that those people at some point may have the poss- that may, they may have the ability to come back which means they're here now can you imagine what George deals with wherever he goes, when it comes. To well, he I, yes, but but, but why? If it fascinates but why? Him, okay, but why? Why do you say that? Because that's his life. It's his life from moment to moment. Okay, and and, and there has to be something in his own brain. Yes, that's how that, I. But did you hear me try to get that out of him? I was like. George, you are obviously the expert on everything. So every question we ask you, you will have an answer for. Did you you notice that? Or is it's just an illusion? It's like, George, I'm going to ask you. Well, it's all speculation because none of us know. We can only speculate. But when you put enough things together, Eric, like you and I both saw a ghost. You know, I saw the woman. I didn't see her, but the woman next to me died. And I saw the two people who I believe were there to take her on to the next place. When you see things... But that's it. even worse. Why is that worse? Because it makes me more skeptical. It makes me challenge my thoughts. It makes me figure out that could not have been what it was. And the more I say that it's, to myself. It's, it's hard to reconcile. It's it. hard to put that in your brain and go, I'm just being an idiot. Now I feel crazy. Like I've seen stuff. But you're not crazy. Well, I think I am. Vic, have you ever seen anything unusual? No, no, ghosts really don't. Haven't. Ghosts don't mess with Catholics. It, they don't mess with Catholics. <laughs> no, no, well, Vic's I, very Catholic. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Well, I'm Catholic. <laughs> I'm Catholic. No, here's the thing about it. Uh, once again, I've always. I, there are spirits. There's no doubt in my mind. There are something from an alien standpoint or unidentified. No doubt in my mind. I do know something's going on. Whether it has to do with another species, another. Being something, as George said, in the Antarctic, because I'm the one that's brought that up so many times on this show. We have to start talking about the Antarctic more often because there is def- there are, there are definitely things going on there that, mm. in my opinion, we can't explain. But I think the though the more reasonable explanation outside of some of the other more conspiracy things is the fact that we have to remember in the Antarctic, seventy I think it's seventy percent of the world's water is in the Antarctic. Yep. And it's the clean, fresh water Bam. in the Antarctic. It's an unsettled yeah. area that that our, we know, our scientists know, as much as they want to talk about global warming or all those, our, our Earth is cyclical with its weather. And there will be a time when the ice caps have melted. And people, I think countries like China, Russia, they're all fighting to get a little piece of the Antarctic. It's interesting. We, we will talk more the about minerals, that. The minerals. But now, Vic, haven't you ever had a deja vu moment? Yeah, absolutely. I've had like a hundred of them. Have you ever had a dream that came true? Um, I would. I don't know if they're. De- I would call them deja vu moments. 
But so not when you're dreaming, like, for example, when you're one, the most recent one happened uh, being at the post office. I walked into the post office and saw a guy with a box that backed into me. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> You've done that before? Yeah, I'm sorry. I saw this happen. Yeah, I yeah. saw that happen. Eric, have 100%. You, you, surely you've had those moments. No, but I... I Not I, the deja... Well, I do remember being able to one time figure out if I was dreaming in color or in black and white. I, that is an interest. I know. I, I know. I, I remember color. being in a dream one time and going consciously yes, saying, I really have to figure out, is this color or is this black and white? And I think it was black and white. And I think there are people that can dream in color, but I don't think I can. I, I know I've dreamed in color because, but I think it was because I consciously thought about it before I went to sleep, and then I saw some pretty. What? I've never. Dr- I flowers. only dream in color. I, I don't think you do. I, I think dream, it's an I've illusion. Dream, you, your brain fills in the color. It's like colorization. That depends of, if I drink or not. I don't know, man. But I, I remember trying to figure out: is this color? Or is this black what? and white? <laughs> I, Eric, I'm with you. I, I try to figure out dreams. All the that, time. Yeah, we've been talking about heading next month to the national podcast convention in Vegas, which may be a reality for us. Maybe we should uh, try to get as close as we can get to the Antarctic instead. See, when, yeah. That, the, no okay, the, so the, the most frustrating things are the things that you could prove if you wanted to, like the Illuminati. You could get the information if you want to, and the Antarctic. You'll never get the information to either one of those things. There's no way you can go to the Antarctic and just plop up on the coastline you and just start go, walking around. Yeah, you can't go you can't anywhere. Do you can't do it. You have to be guided. You can't do it. Which is why something is there. There is, there is something Yeah, there. a big sheet of ice. Be, beyond Underneath the big sheet of ice. The ice. <laughs> beyond. A big, there's a big sheet of ice. We've been to the North Pole. We know what that's all about. But, People can walk around with the polar bears. But that, that ice wall, which blocks us from seeing the flat Earth, is an issue. You watch too much TikTok. Eric, I thought I watched too much do you TikTok. Know God, there is zero humidity in the Antarctic region. Of course, Isn't that there's zero. And there's an area there. They call them the. I think they call it the dry flats or the dry valleys. But in this area, because there's no humidity, yeah. Yeah. everything is perfectly preserved. Green. So <laughs> anything that happens, can't take it. You green. guys are killing me. If any species green dies, what's going to grow on the bottom of the earth? It's not the bottom of the earth. It's an illusion. You are flat earther. I'm at the well, house. somebody more. help me on it's Facebook. Come save me. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm just saying. I, I you the know possibility what possibility exists. Know. You know what? I think if mm. you can watch no. the videos on it, it is really wild. What do you think is there? tourism? Tourism is is peaking though in the Antarctic region. <clears> but when you when you can go there as a tourist, but here's the thing: when you do, it's guided. You can only go to certain parts. Do you think that the uh, okay? Here's one. I, I watch TikTok as much as the rest guy. Are the uh, reels? I, I don't watch. I'm not on TikTok because I don't want the Chinese following me around. But uh, on reels, um, I see this thing that they like seventy percent of the Grand Canyon is closed off because they want to hide the giants that are buried there. You never is know. that true? You never know. Do you believe in the giants walking around the twenty I do. foot one hundred percent? Oh my lord! Yeah, percent. they ride dinosaurs. What? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are killing me today. I believe there it was at one time giants. How big? Human using skeletons, Eric. Creatures. And they're real skeletons, not fossils carved out of rocks to make them look like dinosaurs. Okay, bones. well, how is that possible that the dinosaur <laughs> bones can't exist, but giant Here bones can exist? Preach. Because dinosaurs Scott, never preach. existed. That's preach. <laughs> Preach. Scotty's going to come in here and knock me out. <laughs> if, he, if he felt better, he would. He's too sick to come in He's here. He's just going to come here and rub all over you and get no. you sick. Robert, Robert from our chat. Come here and lines. give me a kiss, Tabitha. 
He'll take care of you. Yeah. I love Freaky Friday. It's Robert the best says thing he has ever. spirits every weekend. Exactly. Me too. Well, yes. you know, have you guys ever heard of, of a house in Union, Missouri called the Screaming House? Oh my God. No. No. This is so you. Look this up online. What's when, it called? I'm getting Hold chills on. even thinking okay, about what's it. Okay. Now, here we go. Tab, bring the high heat. It's, I might even take my jacket off. Look for this it up one. right here in Union, Missouri. It's Union, called Missouri. the Screaming House. Okay. The Screaming House. And the story of this house, and I don't know the full background, or, or I don't recall it anyway, but I know that the part of the story is that no one can live in this house. You know, these people moved into the house, and they said that they, when they're in the house, the lights flash, the cabinets open, and the doors bang, and you can hear these crazy screams okay. all the time inside of the house. Yes. All of the neighborhood apparently knows and can hear these screams. All right. If you look it up, you can read the whole story online. But it is one of the wildest things I've ever heard. And I'm bringing it up because it's right here. We're in obviously in the St. Louis area, so we could all drive out to Union, Missouri. Well, we won't and do that, see the ahead. screaming house. But it is really wild. Lisa says she says it's fake, 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 fake story. Tabitha, I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna support you a little bit. Because if you are in the St. Louis area, St. Charles area, I'm going to invite you right now to go over to Sibley Hall at Lindenwood College. <laughs> Sibley Hall is haunted as hell. They got a grand piano. I don't know what year that grand piano was put in there, but it plays itself. That defies all physics, okay? Marianne Sibley is still playing the damn piano over at Lindenwood College. True story, I, I know for a fact. And... And I think back in the day, they would have, like, these maintenance guys that would quit. Just I mean, the attrition was just off the charts because they did not want to deal with this ghost at Sibley Hall at Lindenwood College. We should go Same check different. it out. We can Same have difference. our Friday free-for-all street team. Yeah. I think it's a girl's sorority. or um, It's just a girl's dorm what? now. I've yeah. never even heard really? about the yeah. Sibley Hall. Yeah. Marianne Sibley. I think you guys did a story on it on Channel 2. Elliot Davis was like, I didn't pay for this. I'm out of here. <laughs> Is that what happened to him? I, I he got sucked into yeah. Sibley Hall yeah. and he's never yeah. come back. Oh, my God. Well, we appreciated George joining us. We'll get him on the show again. And we also had ideas. I mean, well, he knows a lot of people, too, to check in with them. Maybe we try to see who we can get besides George coming up with specific topics. We need to get some folks that can talk to us about the real exorcist. That happened oh, they, here. They've, they've, they have smashed that one to, to death. I'll tell you what I know, but they you know have. what? You know what? I went there. It is. The Did you know that? I've been there. Well, too. the one that I, it's like in South County somewhere. It's yeah. The, it's a look. It's in the middle of a subdivision. Well, my friends and I made a movie there, and we were in the. the you know, they they took down the hospital wing where it all happened. What do you mean you made a movie? Well, I a friend of mine is a filmmaker, uh -huh. and so I was part of his part of his film. And so part of the Were you film, screaming at people. I was not. It wasn't even. It wasn't even a scary movie. But but Eric, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. They tore well, down. I know that the kid that bought it, and he's a kid. Yeah. That bought it. You're I talking said, about Alexius Brothers Hospital. No, I am not. I'm oh. talking, oh, about, talking the about the house. house. I'm talking That's about the actual Florissant. house. Yeah. Florissant. No, yeah. it's. Well, I don't know. I can't remember. And there could it. be more than one house. I don't know. I don't remember exactly <laughs> where it was, but it was. When we went in there, we were we were literally expecting to see portals and, and devils like opening refrigerators and stuff like that. The kid, I go, what has happened in here? I need you. I need to pick your brain. Go, just go crazy. He looked at me like nothing. 
Okay, well, thanks for letting us come in here and see your nice Alrighty house. Alrighty then. I don't, yeah, I don't. I didn't even know about like, a house nothing, in South County. Nothing. I know that the the kid there, his aunt lived, I think, in in Florissant or Fergus. I think it was Florissant. And I know at one point he was at that house. And then a lot of this took place at Alexian Alexius Brothers' house. I mean, Alexius Brothers' hospital. They tore that wing down, but the, but the basement still exists, and that's where the morgue was. So when we filmed this movie, we were down in the morgue, and I will tell you what, it was the creepiest thing ever yeah, any morgue is creepy oh my gosh yeah especially a really old i've one. been in one it's not a lot of okay not a very nice but you know i i totally believe in the exorcist story they did tear oh down my gosh. yes they it did they did tear down alexian brothers i mean the priests have documented the cases in the exorcist yeah. which is why they say stay away from the spirits possession is real and it tear, it's one of the only things people don't scare me possession demons scare me they yeah. should yeah, I don't 100%. like I don't like devil demon stuff. Yeah, um, we'll continue. We'll continue. The, the veil is thin, mm. Vic. The veil is thin between right. us and the bad stuff. Once, yes, it is. once like again, us, like us and Madonna. <laughs> if you want to jump in on our show, join us uh, and talk about anything. We would love it. Uh, you can give our number a call. It's on our screen: six three six five one five. 4892. You can do that if you are watching live right now. If you're watching live, you can do that. Um, we'd love to have you. Or you can just jump in when it comes to our comment line as well. We have that open for you as well. Uh, we're also covering news stories. By the way, Ty Dennis, Clippers and Cops, uh, he's going to be in in about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, he's got a massive event coming up uh, to promote um, police. And the communities getting together, um, inner city, meeting police, police, understanding inner city. Yeah. Massive, massive deal. He'll come in. Let's talk to him about ghosts. Maybe if, maybe We've if, never talked to Ty about ghosts. <laughs> maybe if Ty had like a boxing match between the cops and like barbers. What? Maybe it'd be there, huge. It's already the box. That's already the cops and the firefighters oh, fighting. Oh right, I'm, that's guy. right. Okay, never mind. Guns I, and hoses. I that's, would like to talk to Ty. I was about trying to steal their idea. Well, then premonition. Ask him <laughs> because a lot of police officers and EMTs and doctors and people that I talk to talk about premonition. Well, you're gonna have a moment because yes. he's gonna come here and he'll be in for a I long. Do you time. think that Ty, wait. since the last time we talked to him, has changed his mind about? What we always talk about the crime in St. Louis. You think of he's like? That's. Do you think Ty's gonna walk in and go? You're gonna have a chance. I've to had talk a. To him. Okay, guys, I've had enough of this garbage. Did you? Well, because now it, there's some real traction about us come the state coming in and taking over not just the cops but prosecuting some of these crimes. Yeah, there's our, there's special prosecutors that could be coming in now to take care of certain districts. We're gonna get into that on Monday because the this is the best part. The the president of the uh, Ethical Society of Police Good. will be live in studio as well. We try to bring you guys the best interviews. And these are great because it doesn't only apply to St. Louis. It applies to situations yes, all over the country. It does. Where you have cities being overrun with crime and certain elected people not able to do anything or having the availability to do things as well. So uh, Ethical Society of Police here on Monday. And an interview, I can't wait, Tuesday oh. at 9, T-Dubbo. Why, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? The Ethical Society of Police. The Ethical Society of Where Police. Where is the White Ethical Society of Police? Why is there only a Black Ethical Society of Police? I don't know. Did they? Did Where's they... the Hispanic or Latino Ethical <laughs> oh Society <laughs> of Police? Help, well, Scotty. I would really like to know. <laughs> Eric's walking out of studio right now. Um, I can't wait to talk to that guy. Yeah, so he'll be here Monday. Tuesday, uh, rapper, St. Louis rapper, T-Dubbo, um, as Eric wanted, 
Eric Getz, we're bringing in yeah. somebody who is so far left of liberal because of how he grew up in St. Louis, trying to give another perspective of why people believe the way that they do, why people like Cory Bush get elected, and why people like Kim Gardner get yeah. elected. I'm trying to figure out how— And you won't want to miss that interview, 9 o'clock. We try to bring you the real stories, the real interviews, and get to the heart of issues. Yeah. So that's Tuesday as well. So we're doing our best, man, to bring the best interviews we can. I'm trying to figure out how I can objectively let— a liberal win because I can. I mean, if it's just me, I can say you didn't change my mind at all. You're not getting the hundred dollars. It's just not going to. How do we have a voting system to where the liberal could come in here, make his point or her point, win the hundred dollars? You see, we need what I'm a saying? gong, is what we. Need. Well, we need a judge. We Every need, time we they talk, a, we just gong them. We need a judge because I kind of I'm on the. Uh, there's no way a liberal can win a debate with a conservative. It's never going to happen. You can't have a liberal saying, yeah, I believe defunding the cops is a really good idea in cities that have this much crime. And then or just say, now answer that question. But the, but the people There's who, no way. But the people who want to defund police, or that's the teeny tiny well, portion on the 2% far yeah. left. And we ask, Not the average Yeah, when liberal. he comes in, I'd say, yeah. Ask him about it. Like, here's another thing. And Liberals will say, yeah, that balloon that just walked across the damn country, yeah, I don't see a problem with it. I think we handled it well. That is the easiest argument to destroy in a liberal versus conservative debate. How do you figure that? It had, the, it had advanced communication gear on it. Even if it picked up one nano bit of information from Scott Air Force Base that it can use in the future, it's a bad decision. Yeah. It's, uh, There's I'll, no way a liberal should be able to beat any conservative or any li libertarian, for that matter, in a debate. Well, well, you, that's I, why I got 100 bones on it. I ask, I play a game with people all the time at bars. I say, are you really a Democrat? And you know what, Eric? Here we go. Here's what it comes down to in the end. Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals, for the most part, we all want the same thing. We all, we all want to be happy. We all want to be prosperous. We all want to raise a family. We all want safety. But the, where the issue comes in is is the division that our government causes. Specifically, you know, a lot of this happened under Obama. We had a lot of division. Here we go. And, exactly and, right. And so, That's right. But, but most people, I would say 90% of people in this country, we all want the same thing. We just have different ways of coming about it. I knew it can all go that way. I knew this country was in a little bit of trouble. And I'm not, I don't, I don't want to disparage anybody. But the night that they put the rainbow up on the White House... Remember when Obama put the uh, LGBTQ thing? Remember when I was like, "Man, yeah. that's not good. That is that is really not good. This is a nation founded under God, and there's a lot of debate about LGBTQ stuff being brought into schools, into government, and this, that, and the other." Well, he brought that, the Muslim Brotherhood. That's in too. true too. That's exactly true too. That's exactly right. It's like, why are we talking about this? Well, no, we're going to get into some of that stuff with Ty too. We had another massive story that just came about, and it fits our free for all Friday as well with everything that's happening. What about this? Joan, or excuse me, John Benet Ramsey, newly unearthed documents reveal DNA did not match the key players early in unsolved slaying, meaning family members and anybody that was closely associated. Now, what do I mean and what is the story that's being released? Well, now unearthed documents, and, and how are they unearthed, Tabitha? Because you are an expert when it comes to these cases. Yeah. How are there documents that were not found right now which show DNA evidence? Yep. Well, it's an ongoing underneath. case. Okay, but the, the evidence that has now been brought to light that had never been brought before, DNA evidence recovered under 
John Benet's fingernails and clothes is not, I repeat, is not a match for members of the family and others who were close to the case just weeks after the crime. To me, that's a big deal. Tabitha will always it's find some shred. There it's, it is. I knew it was going to happen. It's, How it's in not the a big hell deal. is it not a big deal? Because it, you know what? First of all, mom and dad did not do it. You, mom and that, dad didn't that do that it. That's a big deal. No, that doesn't mean the mom and dad didn't do it. I'm telling you, that's my opinion. That, mom and dad yeah. did not do well, it. Well, the evidence does not necessarily support that. But but what I'm saying is that the reason why this information wasn't uncovered already is because this is an ongoing case. And and to to protect the integrity of a case, this is information they often don't release. Maybe one or two people have it, maybe it gets leaked, but typically this information is not released. And, and I and I I have studied about the the John Bonet case since it happened. You know, I've talked about it many, 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 many times. But when it comes to DNA, you can have DNA under your fingernails that has absolutely nothing to do with the crime itself. You know, the, in this report, and I read the report, they found DNA on her underpants, which many of us already knew. They found DNA under her fingernails. We all have DNA under our fingernails. We all have DNA yeah, but un- not, on our not underpants. Yeah, someone else's. It, no, it is always someone else's usually. It, think about this. In most crimes, in most crimes, there is mixed DNA under people's fingernails. So, so Vic, you and I had a couple of drinks together last night. Mm-hmm. Now, if I, it doesn't take much to get DNA We did not share DNA. We, we are d- friends. We did not. <laughs> Just, but I mean, just, but I could have, I could have hugged you by, yeah. and my fingernails could have scraped up against your skin. It only takes one skin cell to get yeah, DNA under poss- your fingers. But I did hug you as we left. But you're telling me, but the chances of that happening? No, are very it's great. Small. No, it's not small. It's not small at all. So it's not small here's at all. here's what a lot of people will talk, tell you, Tab, and I kind of agree with it. In 1997. Windows Word or Windows uh, 98 was out. It was one of the most archaic, crappy uh, operating systems on the planet, technology-wise. Today, Pentium nines can outgun those that technology without even skipping a beat. The DNA technology of that time was what it was. We could figure out what DNA was. Today, we can narrow that down. Is it the mom? Is it the dad? Is it the uncle? Oh, it doesn't look like it's anybody that was actually that we're accusing them of. The sad story to me is is when you can rule people out, like the mom and the dad, they went through hell. That whole they not only did they mourn their daughter, this but they're going through out. hell. Doesn't rule them out. Really? No. It, think it about doesn't. This. It doesn't rule them in. It doesn't yeah. rule them in. But there's so much more to a case than DNA. In, in the John Bonet case, not really. Yes, Eric. Yes, there not is. Not so and, much. And what? DNA has changed a lot in the technology. We can get into that as well. But look at the entire case of the John Bonet. Okay, a uh, she got up. They they emptied her stomach. She had the pineapple in her stomach. Well, in the beginning, the the parents said she went straight to bed. She wasn't up eating pineapple. Well, she was up eating pineapple. There was the ransom note left. The ransom note was was confirmed to be her mother's writing. Uh, what was her name? Patsy's writing. And it there were details in the in the letter. It was like a ransom type letter that no one else would know. It, it, if you study cases like I do, it's it's extremely unusual for a stranger to kill a person. It's always somebody you know. It, very rarely is it a stranger abduction. Very rarely is it a stranger homicide. And if a stranger is going to do this, it, it, a lot of it just doesn't add up. I mean, first of all, when they found this ransom note, why didn't they call police? They didn't call police. You know what they did? They called people over. And the people they called over, they they searched the house, okay? 
They searched the house. They searched every corner. And the dad, he is the one who went down in the basement by himself and found her body. Yeah. And they still didn't call police. Yeah. They still didn't call police. You know See, what they did? Nine, they circled her no, and they prayed. True. That's and they true. carried her body. They contaminated the crime scene. I will never in a million years believe mm. that someone in her family is not responsible. I tell you what, maybe somebody, but I'm telling you, Tabitha, the DNA I will does never not believe exclude them. The evidence does not show mom and dad right, that's did the, it. There you go. I there don't is think, no way I don't in think hell. she was sexually assaulted by her dad. I don't I think I think there's a lot of possibilities. I'm not gonna get into that. Of what could have happened. Mom and dad did not. I absolutely yeah. do think someone in that house is responsible for killing John Bonet. There was no I sign disagree. that anyone entered the house. There, is, No one would know. It was in Pat, the, the ransom note in Patsy's writing. It, Megan says no one else would be, know. Megan says from the police searched before the dad found her. Yeah. Not in the basement. They didn't. She was laying so, in the middle of the basement let me, let me just floor put it covered in a blanket. Donna says it was her brother. Maybe that's it. See if I you can remember this. Dad didn't do it. So the way that crimes worked back then, Vic, are a lot different than the way mm. crimes work today. Today, if you want to abduct somebody, you take a baseball bat and you smash in the back door. Period. Back in those days, and I remember this, you would have people that were stalking outside of your house. They would be looking inside of your, your bedroom windows, and they would creepily a break into your house and they and going into that basement window makes all the sense in the world. John Benet Ramsey was a little kid that was a like a super starlet that that many creepos out there would have absolutely wanted to get. Okay. That's just the way that the I, world was it way is. back in the I, day. It was that I, way. I agree. And that's why we can't ever rule out that it wasn't a stranger. In my opinion, there's no sign pointing to it being a stranger. So we're never going to find out. It, no, no. Way. Here's the thing. We can dun, find dun, out. Dun. <laughs> technology. Because technology has changed. And, and when I write about these crime cases, for people who don't know that I have a crime blog, it's very often that DNA is found under the fingernails. Mm -hmm. It's often not the suspect. A lot of times it's mixed DNA under the fingernails. It can be from a pet. It can be from their parents. They have hairs on them that they've collected from days to weeks to months before. DNA from family members that they know. There's touch DNA. But but now we have the DNA that can be ran through, and they call it phenotyping. So you take the DNA, and, and you know, it only costs $3,000 to do this. Anyone can do it. But the police have to release the DNA for them to test this. And so they can send this in to Parabon Nano Labs. They send this DNA in, they do phenotyping. Yeah. They get a, a they can see from mixed even mixed DNA. Yes. They can develop several different phenotypes of what everyone looks like. I mean, they can go down to your skin color, really? whether or not you had freckles, what your hair color is, all of this stuff on DNA. The only thing they can't do is is your hairstyle and your weight. So that gives the police a good idea of what a suspect may look like. Then they go to these genealogy websites like yeah. uh, Ancestry, G you know, GED Match, and then they can go through and check the DNA against family trees, narrow it down to a couple people. But in this case, in the JonBenet case, the police will not release the DNA to Parabon Nanolabs so that they can check this. And Megan also says a detective was there with John when he searched the basement eight hours after the ransom note was found. Yeah, you guys are far more up on this stuff than I am, I'll tell you that. But it would be nice. I mean, nice. just think of long, how long this has gone on. The, the police uh, it's that were there were the family's yeah. friends. And I'm not saying that Patsy and John killed John Bonet. I'm not saying that. Did you follow it I, for years? Saying, Did you follow this case for years and years so. and years? I do Isn't not, it amazing how fast they, they got that yeah. kid up in Idaho who killed the, mm -hmm. the four 
uh, college students with one little bit of DNA underneath a button. Things have. <laughs> I was like, well, no, there was do- a license plate though, Eric. Well, the- well, yeah. if you're talking about the case in Idaho, that there was so much evidence in that case, it's yes. unbelievable. But wasn't it, it just a little been, bit of DNA underneath a, the a, button? A, well, that we know of so far, more, it was one more. spot of DNA on the sheath of the knife that he Correct. left. But more than anything, they caught him on camera in several different locations. They had his license plate. Police had been called out for an earlier incident, and you can actually see the guy drive yeah. by police mm-hmm. while they're standing out there just a few minutes before the homicides. Yeah. I mean, there was so much evidence against this guy besides that little tiny bit of DNA. And you have to remember, the police do not reveal everything they have. Exactly. There could be There could be a lot more DNA. We hmm. just don't know yet. Interesting. I'm, but I'm, not another suspect. I absolutely do not believe there will be another suspect. I think it's just as important sometimes in life to prove that someone isn't the criminal so that you don't torture them for the next 25, 100 percent. I can't stand that. But I think you, innocent till proven guilty is just as much in the public sphere as it is in the criminal sphere. It is. I mean, and if there's allegations, if you're accused of doing something or somebody thinks you know, but you haven't told your full story or you have that cloud over you. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You get tortured. People will do that to people. We've seen that happen all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I think I could listen to Tabitha. I so think we're you, never going to find, we're never going to get a definitive answer I on think this we John Bonet. I think I, we absolutely will. I, I think After that, everybody is dead and gone? No, well, no, I don't, well, no, I think that the police may have bungled the case in some ways. And, and, and I see a lot of these cases sometimes where they don't want to use the DNA to the, with these Parabon Nano Labs. <clears throat> I can't give you an answer as to why. What will be the thing? But that, I do think we will. What find will out. be the thing that solves the case, Tabitha? Because you the said DNA. The, you said, oh, it is the DNA. I think they will eventually they, give. Don't that you think DNA. they found all the DNA they can at this point? Yes, but but the DNA is there. It needs to be analyzed by new technology. They need to send it in to Parabon Nano Labs. Let CC Moore do okay. her work. Uh, let it go through these genealogy databases. It, I mean, there's no guarantee it'll solve the crime, but I think it'll give them a good idea. Okay. But there's a reason why they're not. It, you know, the Delphi case in Delphi, Indiana, the police refused to send the DNA, from what I understand, into but why would they? Analyze. Why would they do why? that? Why would the police refuse I to send the... You're, I, does it I have don't to do, know. Does it have anything to do with prosecutors? Yes. And prosecutors going, oh, I want this... I, Oh, as Ty Dennis is sitting down. <laughs> He's yeah. I would, are you allowed when we get him yes, on? Ty, he would be the perfect he person <laughs> to ask Ty he, about these can, questions. Ty, you can nod yes or no. You're not on camera yet. Huh? Um, are we allowed? I would just don't. But your mic's on. Your mic's on, but we don't see you. He yet. knows where all the bodies oh. are. Oh, oh now, now, now you're on camera. That's a great time. We welcome in our friend Ty Dennis with Clippers and Cops. Ty, happy Friday. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Second time in studio. Cancel this. Uh, that's one of the coolest shirts. I it's think a, it's getting bigger. I got merch, man. It's getting, it's, I, it's, I got merch like I have a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we get our own merch going and all of that. And so I try to represent St. Louis at anything I do. I have Atlantic version nice. of the jersey. I try to represent it all chances I get. Can well, we, we buy sponsorship on there? Can we just, can we put, can definitely. We, yes, we got to do that. Come or on. give me a patch. I need to cancel this <laughs> patch on there. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I want to rep for you guys. I the, love it. The Clippers and Cops studio segment. That what was you guys awesome. talking about? I want to know. Well, that's, here we go. Case. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and we'll talk about Clippers and Cops in a massive event that Ty has going on here to St. Louis here. Right. We wanted you to come in early, be one of us. Come in and hang out so we're not racing, rushing all the time. <laughs> I knew you had to drop your kids off at Man, school. Man, it's my daughter's ninth birthday today. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I had to 
make sure I get her some good Chick-fil-A breakfast and all that. <laughs> Happy birthday, McKinley. So, explain, so Tabitha, explain it for Ty. John Benet Ramsey case, I know what it is. And they, they just released some new information that DNA underneath her fingernails mm. that had never been seen before allegedly does not match the family members or anybody closely associated in the first couple weeks of and, the case. And I was explaining to them that you can have DNA under mixed DNA under your fingernails that could be from many different sources, not necessarily just the suspect. And right. from our listeners and viewers, to give you an idea, uh, we've got Ty here, Ty Dennis, but the problem, not the problem, but the thing to remember is that Ty was with the gang unit right. in Atlanta. So you dealt with a lot of cases with DNA evidence. Well... Not so, but okay. I have dealt with DNA. I was working gangs. I usually dealt with violence. And so usually I'm dealing more so with phone records, right. uh, ballistics. I was also assigned to the ATF as a, a, a Niven uh, gotcha. agent, basically. Because it's, it's not hand-to-person correct. crime. Correct. Mm-hmm. It's more so yeah. pop-pop. Right, right. And we were we were talking about why in some cases the John Bonet case is an example. Uh, there's a case where two young girls were killed in Delphi, Indiana, where we, you know about this new DNA technology with phenotyping, Parabon Nano Labs, it's solving crimes all across the country, so cold it's, cases. It's funny that you say that because I, I have a friend uh, that's working on a Jane Doe case from, oh, excellent. in the city from 1983. Uh, and it's called the Jane Doe case. And it was about a young lady who was found in a vacant building. I know mm-hmm. all about that case. Absolutely, little and girl. So when he was a kid, his mom used to didn't let him go out and different stuff, mm-hmm. and so he st- he's done a documentary about it. Uh, you can look it up because uh, they have her sweater. Correct, and so the tech, like you're saying, the technology of today is helping. She was never identified, correct, and so he's basically opened up the investigation forty years later. I, but Interesting. you know, I love that because even forty years later, we need to know who did this because That's if they correct. did it once, they've probably done it that again. That is correct. And so the the thing about this is this happened in a time when uh Atlanta had the child murderers. Yeah. And then this happened and everybody was on edge. Right. And like you said, usually someone that has the capacity to do that will do it again or strike again. And they, and I'm yeah. sure they have before and since. Correct. Gosh, it's interesting. Once again, Ty Dennis here with Clippers and Cops. Does that kind of a story interest you still? I mean, you were in investigations, and or did you get enough of it? Well, people often ask, do you miss being a cop? I don't necessarily miss being a cop, but it's something that you can't just turn off. Uh, I miss the office, just like you guys in here interacting. Mm-hmm. I miss my f- colleagues that worked with me. We, right. We're together. Like me and my partner, we were together more than I'm with my wife, yeah, you know? Yeah. And if you build a relationship and a rapport where you miss that, but then you can't turn it off. I can't unsee what I see. And so you become, um, when I hear stuff on the news, you begin digging and thinking and different things like that where my mind looks at everything different, looks at the world different. But here in St. Louis, I'm a whole different person. So And Ty's <laughs> the district uh, safety officer for Rockwood School District, largest right. school district so, yeah. deal with a whole in the state. Man, world. <laughs> so we were talking with you last time mm-hmm. about, you know, crime in St. Louis. Do you still – there's some good news. House passes a bill to allow state takeover of Missouri prosecutor's office. What do you think about that? Do you, you know anything about that? If, Any, the, if the crime goes up in is St. Louis or Kansas City or Springfield, the governor can come in and appoint someone to go I have there. no problem with any of that. At the end of the day, 
as a detective, I just want the case solved. Yes. Um, yes. What you're speaking about is that's above my pay grade. Yeah. That's politics. But it goes from politics to safety, and we got to get Co- rid of the politics. Correct. Out of the as a, part. I'm sure if you ask any detective in this city, they just want to do their job and want the proper support to do their job. Yeah. Um, we can't. You can't worry about that because at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to speak to the victim of that family mm-hmm. or the family of that victim to explain what happened, this, that, and the other, because at the end of the day, that, that family's going to hold me and my department Yeah, I was wondering about that when I talked to you last time. When you were in Atlanta and you're, you're a cop and you have the, the badass outfit on and the badass cruiser or whatever it is, <laughs> did you ever arrest someone and go the next day, I, I just put him in jail yesterday and now he's, what, what are you doing? Usually juveniles. Juveniles. That's even worse in some ways, isn't well, it? Yes. The juvenile justice system needs to be reformed mm-hmm. across the board. How yeah. the yeah. And they need to the, unseal those records. Well, in my opinion. I think that the juvenile justice system needs to be reformed because it's in a it was created so that if a kid does a crime, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. But then some of these kids have made it up in their mind that this is the life that I'm going to live and they should be held responsible. Most of the people that I dealt with was were adults. Right. And most of them had long criminal histories and different things like that. And so it kind of – and then for me doing my – the one thing I wanted to do as a detective is make sure I had the right person. Right. And so I'm going to leave no stone left unturned. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, okay, this is it, boom, it's over. No, it doesn't work like that because the first time I went to court, I got embarrassed. Really? What happened? What happened? When I was a rookie cop, <laughs> I was driving the 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 the, the wagon. Mm-hmm. The wagon is what transports. Like if all three of you guys make arrests, I'm the wagon. Yeah. So you have a zone wagon. Yeah, it's so like I, Uber for cops. Correct. Basically right. for the for the <laughs> it custody. It's exactly it's actually- that. And so while I'm driving around, a, a sergeant working a like a part time job mm-hmm. had a guy swiping a stolen credit card. And yep. took off running. And yep. so at 25, I was much smaller. Yeah. I ran and called him. <laughs> 440. Yeah, right. I called him. And when I called him, she was like, hey, we, we used to do paper reports. She was like, if you do the arrest ticket, yeah. I'll do the report. Yeah. So I, I'm like, all right, bet. It's a free arrest, you know. Yeah. When I go to preliminary, never been to court, um, I walk in and I see this public defender and she was pretty. Yeah. And she winked at me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, hey, how, how are you? You, you know? <laughs> And so then when I get on the stand, yeah. she ate me alive. Oh, yeah. she set you up. She set me up. <laughs> right? And so when I walked out of court. I wonder where she learned that. When I walked out of court, this older black lady tapped me with a folder on my knee. And she said, good job, brother. Way to get them off. <laughs> and oh, at that point, no. yeah. uh, she created a monster yeah. in me because I said I will never feel like that. Oh, and next no. time, anytime I come to court, I'm gonna be well prepared. And ever since then, yeah. I take I take it seriously. And I saw the public defender later that day getting in her car. Yeah. And I'm on duty, me and my partner. I'm like, stop the car. Yeah. And I'm like, why did you do me like that? She yeah. said, You fell for the oldest trick in the book. It spelled rookie all over your face. Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Exactly. I did my time. So I learned from it. So I just good. don't know how you overhaul the juvenile system, man. I, I just I it almost seems as if we're so far down the road. I don't need, where would you start? Well, because we see, and I can say this, when you look at the stats, at least 50% of the crime that I see happening in St. Louis, or it was when I was working news, are 18 and younger. Correct. But you, I think a case-by-case basis has to be, each kid is different. Like, each kid is affected by getting arrested differently. But if we keep... 
if it's not working, why are we doing the same thing? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm all for the a la carte situation. <laughs> Dude, did I you am. remember the old days? I I remember it was my high school or someone else, but they would take you to the jail. Remember when your scared parents straight. would take you? Yeah, scared straight. That was it. Did you? They'd take you to the jail. They'd sit your ass in the jail, shut the door, and basically say, I'll be right back. And they wouldn't come back. Whoever took me there left me there for like a half an hour. Right. And they go, here's the deal. You break into something, you're here. You do right. drugs, you're here. Um, make your decision. You do whatever you want. And that, from that point forward, I was afraid to see any officer. If I was going two miles over the speed limit, I was afraid. But that stuck with me forever. But that's because you're a white guy. It's because I'm, <laughs> because I'm a coward. But, well, um, that's funny that you say that because with Clippers and Cops, we do campus invasion. And what we do is we go into the schools and actually talk about some of this stuff. Yeah. Decision-making, goal-setting, yeah. do's and don'ts on traffic stop, drug addiction, gang violence, youth violence, all these different things. We talk about prison. Like, we tell kids don't go to prison, yeah. but just like you said, what does that look like? Some yeah. of them need to see right. that to be able to say, oh, I don't want to come back Do to Do you that. guys ever take it? I don't mean to gross you out or anything. Go ahead. But if, if, if there's a 17-year-old kid there, this in a armed crime in Festus or Arnold, and then they drive back to wherever their gang is. Do you ever catch them and say, "This is the picture of a guy of a gang member that was shot in the head," without oh. blurring out the face? So in saying, the presentation, we have all of like for me, gangs and prison go hand in hand. Okay, and you get to get in the files of what truly happens in some prisons. Yeah, and it's uh, it's n nobody's built for it. You right. got me. Yeah. But some guys are become. Uh, desensitized to their surroundings, and then they become exactly. bullies of that prison. Right. Or they mm. they know that I'm going to be here for a while, and they make do with what they have. Right. And it's one of those things where these kids need to see that. Yeah. Um, I had a gang member that got 65 years, and when he got to prison, he it's just like me saying I'm in a fraternity, and then you say, oh, what, what, what year did you pledge? Yeah. They start asking him questions, and he couldn't answer it. They literally laid him down and carved his tattoos off took the contraband cell phone, wow. and sent the pictures to his mom. Wow. And we show that because yeah. I'm not trying to – I'm not glorifying that. Yeah. I'm showing you that to say this is no place for you, you yeah. anybody. Right. You know, and some of these kids need to see that. If if all so your friends – So you tours? Say that again? Would you be for tours of, of kids going through prisons? Me? Absolutely. Personally, Scared straight? Yes. That doesn't really and, help. Well, in some instances, everybody's different. Some kids will see it and say – That was a question from our chat line. That was – some kids are affected differently by what they see. But if everybody that you know is in prison, you might think that that's where I'm supposed to go. Oh, that's, that's, no, no, that's no, 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 no. But, but, but so I love what you just said there. Here's the prison. This is where you're – it's like, it's like the, the choice of heaven and hell right. to me. It's like hell's a sucks. And you know, in the in the but sober, that's coming from, again from you, a white guy. Right. What, what about, I'm a human. But Eric, you're missing a big human point. beings have the same thought process. Not every human being thinks the same way because I think Ty knows the majority of the crimes are committed by the same people. A majority of the homicides committed by the same people. Some of these kids growing up in these areas, they are born knowing they're not going to live past 20, 25 years old. They and that's their mentality from such a young age that prison doesn't scare them because they know they're going to be dead before then. Or wow. they don't. A gang member told me this. If you change someone, people, places, and things, you can change. That's the only way you can change their life. If they see, I think I said the same stuff last time. They see better, they do better, they want better. You have to put positive reinforcements in front of these young people yeah. to be able to change the way that they think. Yeah. In some of our communities, what positive entities do they have to see? 
Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like for some kids, they for I don't know where you guys live, but if you live in Wildwood, you see different. Mm-hmm. When you go into North St. Louis, it looks like a third world country in some on some streets because there's so many vacant buildings. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. you have to expose these young people to different things to yeah. be able to change their mindset. And the the, the dangerous part of this the city, from what I understand, is the gangs, correct? Is that correct or is that not correct? It could be I'm I mean, sure. Just, I mean, I mean, you could have retail crime also that's not gang related. Right. Um Yeah, but there's different parts of the city too, Eric. There's different aspects, different atmospheres, different environments in different parts of the city. And homicides too. in the city of St. Louis, I can't speak for all other cities, in the city of St. Louis, the majority of homicides are, you know what, are t- gang drug-related crimes. I'm tired of talking about homicides because you know what? Some some lady that wants to just go down to Del Mar gets her car smashed into, to me, is not, it's not as it's important. It's not a victimless crime. But it exactly. happens in more than just St. Louis City. It's happening all over be, the area. Ca- yeah. Car break-ins, I think we talked about it the last time. Is one of the biggest crimes in the country. Yeah. Because it's so simple. Yeah. Every one of us, right now, somebody could be in the parking lot breaking yeah. in our car. Right. At the end of the day, yeah. the, the, the goal is to try to get these kids involved in things where they don't, they're too occupied to want to participate in things yeah. like that. Yeah. Most of our, we can put all the gun laws in place that we want. And that's, guess what? If they break in a car, Amen. it does no good. There's like 40,000 the gun, gun laws. Well, yeah. gun laws only affect those abiding by the law. It's just like a gated community. Yeah. The Thank gate you. only keeps out those who abide by yeah, the gates. There's, a, a, there's a ladder right over there. Yeah, yeah, if I'm a criminal, I'm just going to wait for one of y'all follow, go in, and I'm yeah. going to follow you in. Yeah. Like, but, Ty, how do we get to kids before the gangs do? Because you, you, I, I feel like we, ha- you have to start so young because yes. we see ten-year-olds carjacking people, and we see parents carjacking uh, with their kids, which is even crazier. It doesn't happen often, but it happens. How do we get to kids before it's too late? Pour into them early. Yes. Um, like I keep saying, two thousand eight, when the housing market crashed, one of the first things they did away with was what after-school programs. Mm-hmm. If you go by, we can drive to the city anytime after school and you're not going to see too many kids on too many ball fields. Right. Right. Because now sports is so expensive. Mm-hmm. AU, basketball, football, right. all of that stuff is expensive. All right. Then what do you do with the kid that can't play sports? What are we putting them in? So you have to pour into them and give them things to keep their mind occupied. I like idle that. mind is a devil's workshop. Yes, sir. And so as a kid, if I don't have anything occupying my mind, mm-hmm. guess what? I'm going to, Oh, well, my friends are doing this. I want to do that. Yeah. And so you have to put parameters, goals, different things to help them understand, like, okay, this is the trajectory of your life. Yeah. This is what I want for you. This is what you're going to do. <laughs> this is what you need to do. And as long as you do that, most kids, they may venture off, but those goals is the road to success. Yeah. And every time I talk to – I feel like you and I are always on the same page. I do. <laughs> and I, I feel I like you're, you're exactly right. My my first thing is you you just the acute nature of crime is cops prosecution prison right um, and keeping the community safe who doesn't want to be a criminal we're, we're in our job is to protect you so that's number one for for me anyway but then he transitions to what you're saying and it's like look these kids need a after school program they need a great school program they need a great maybe church that they can go to right. they need everything so it's like I always feel like certain mindset, my mindset and your mindset can come together and live in the same space very gracefully. Well, what you're basically saying is, and what I'm saying is, you can't arrest your way out of these problems. 
But you can start with with you, uh, for those the that need those that need to be arrested. Correct. Yes, but for some people that get arrested, guess what? When they get paroled, they got to come right back into society. Yeah, the, and then that's when your situation would take over. Well, I want to get to them before that before, because I yeah. don't want them to even come across my desk. Yep. Right. Because prison isn't reforming. Right. If you or I go to prison tomorrow, we're going to do what we need to do to survive yeah. in that environment. Yeah. And then once they're implemented back into the world, mm-hmm. the free world, guess what? Then they need structure yeah. to keep them on that path. Right. The reason that if you ever hear trap music and different things like that. It's because it's trapping you mentally to think this is what I'm supposed to do. What do you think about that? It does. Cultural music. Uh, music that, that creates the environment of kind of that hip-hop gangster lifestyle. Well, I, I talk about who, that all the time. Who's paying for it? I have no idea. Because at the end of the day, why are we holding these record companies responsible for that? Because record companies are kind of a thing of the past. No, they're not. No, they're, they're all the in ones there. paying the check. They've if, got the money. If you are an inner-city kid struggling to survive, and I said, I'll give you $250,000 to say, bang, bang, shoot them up. Yeah. What would you do? You're taking that money. I'm I would, taking I would money. be signing it. Yeah. Like, it's not a rocket science. Yeah. And so it's and it's almost, think about this. When NWA first came out with back in the day, yeah. that was like, they were too real. So then, yeah. you ever seen the movie CB4? No. no. CB4, they wanted them to be gangster, act gangster. Right. Absolutely. And now, yes. now the record labels want them to be real gangsters. Oh, so let's go live the role and then live write it. it. Yeah. Live it. And yeah. then that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and wow. then that creates. Boom, because then. See, I just learned something today. Because then I didn't know that. You, <laughs> but, how many rappers are getting killed? They're getting killed because they're pushing. Yeah. They're, some of them are really living yeah. by this, yeah. this, this, this culture. Yeah. And the record labels don't care because they even when they yeah. die, I still got it right to their masters. You I'm know what? You make, make a great money. point. Bring I in. feel like Tupac and Biggie started that whole thing. No, Be- you don't come on. They man. didn't just start it for years and they years. Didn't it just was started. That was part of it. It started before. I don't know, man. The Sugar Hill Gang wasn't killing people back in the, the day, Because the Sugar man. Hill yeah, Gang know. wasn't talking about that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, that when you when you have rec A and Rs coming to <laughs> these communities, the the grimier the better. It's almost like I agree with that. You're totally. produ- yes. But if you yes. go to a rap concert, you can go to Westport. Any rap performance that comes, the predominantly people that are listening to it are white children. Yep. But but no, but it's, see that proves Let my point. Finish. It's Let not me- racial. It's cultural. It's cultural. white children listen to rap music yes. to for entertainment. Black children listen to rap music as almost like a guy. Okay, no, they okay. do. My son's one of them. My freshman son, he is. He knows every single rapper. I had him looking for T-Dubbo, who's coming in Tuesday, <laughs> to find out if he could find out who this T-Dubbo guy is. Have right. you ever heard of T-Dubbo? I haven't. Okay, neither. he'll be in studio on Tuesday <laughs> to inform us about why police are a problem. I don't know. We'll wait and see. I like Coolio. I haven't killed anyone. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Hey, but this is a perfect spot to bring in what you're trying to do with Clippers and Cops Correct. and the event that's coming up on the 16th. So I've been doing Clippers and Cops for, since 2018. I've been mentoring volunteering since 2005. <laughs> Uh, started Clippers and Cops in Atlanta when I was an Atlanta police officer where we go into the barbershop to engage in open dialogue with the community, just like we're doing, talking about issues, different things that people want to talk to. A lot of people don't know a cop to engage in conversation to get insight. Everything that we just talked about here, this is conversation. Conversation is education and it's empathy. Yeah. I'm the, the goal is to empathize. I don't know what you've been through. You don't know what I've been through. But if we can engage, I can get an idea. And so when we started doing this in the barbershop, it took off. 
And so we've been doing it every month pretty much since COVID happened. We started doing it on Zoom. We went from not only cities to states to different countries, different continents. We did a call in Greece with the U.S. Embassy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's picked off. But since I've been here, I don't do anything. I go to work, I coach, and I go home. And then I got to thinking about that. I'm like, I'm from here. Why don't I pour into my own city that I came from? Yes. And so the barbershop that I go to, he's, he's like, hey, I keep seeing you going to Atlanta. Why don't you come to my <laughs> shop and do it? Yeah. And I said, you want to know what? That's exactly what we're going to do. So yeah. within an hour, I was able to get St. Louis Police Ethical Society to partner with us. I also got Target partnering with us to do a hiring nice. uh, vendor at the event. I'm trying oh, to get man. food trucks to post up because it's going to be dinner time so that people can – the barbershop is kind of small, and it's probably going to pack out is where – Is it just one? It's just one. Well, you could put that logo on every single barbershop in the city of St. Louis? Well, St. eventually, Charles, hopefully, we can, the whole goal is to – Create something. It's such negativity always. Mm-hmm. Let's do something positive. Yeah. Let's in Atlanta and at Clippers and Cops, we have doctors, lawyers, convicts, children all in the same room engaged in positive conversation. Yeah. What you find out is you might have a nonprofit, you might have a nonprofit, you have a nonprofit, and we're all working by ourselves. Why don't we team up to work together? Because That's it's fantastic. the better of the community. And yeah. so the whole thing that I'm trying to do is just, you, y'all know me, I'm positive. At anything I do, I try to put God first and yeah. be positive. And I feel like it's a blemish on our city. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about it, we can say what's wrong, but what are anybody doing to fix it? Yeah. And I feel like if it's if they tell you it takes a village, yeah. We're the village people. I absolutely (laughs) love that. I love that you have gang members and police officers together that could sit down and talk because I think when people sit down and talk, they, they they recognize each other. We have more in common than we do. do You better believe it. Just like he just said. Absolutely. And the reason this ain't Clippers and Cops isn't just to learn about the cops. It's for some of the cops to learn about the people that they serve. We're not saying that every cop is right. Some of the cops really need to understand the communities and the people they serve. If you riding up and down the street and you think everybody that lives in that area is a a crook or a criminal, you got some learning to do too. And that's the truth, yes. Because I might be a victim of my circumstances. We think about it when crime is up, the first thing that we do, we do a, back in Atlanta, we used to do a roadblock. And what happens is you end up victimizing some of the people of the community trying to catch the the bad guys. Because what if Miss May ain't paid her her car insurance and then she come through the roadblock and then we run her tag and then we got to tow her car. So they're victimized twice. And so the whole goal is for understanding and trying to I'm just right there with have you. something yeah. positive. But Ty, there's so many branches off this tree. And when it, I mean, you you do what you do, and it's fantastic. But that's an earlier standpoint. You're right. trying to get to people earlier. What happens when we now have situations like we saw in Memphis, allegedly five officers untrained or not trained. Oh, they were trained. Th- they were fully trained? Because that, What happened in Memphis is basically... A group of, it's just like a group of radio hosts. This, y'all know the rules of this, of the FCC, right? You know what you can't say on the air. Correct. And y'all basically say, screw, forget that. I'm going to do it. In, I'm going to do what I want to do. That's what they, they were rogue. They don't represent, to me, I have no problem speaking against them because looking, I watched that video one time, right? And I said, they, they basically knew what they were doing. They knew that they had body cameras, mm-hmm. and they tried to basically say different things to try to make it seem like he's resisting or di- different things like that. 
that was unacceptable. And as a nothing burns me up as a cop than a dirty cop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because all the leeway I may do with whatever I'm doing, that takes us five steps back. Because guess what? People, when they see me in that same uniform, they don't know which one they're getting. That's right. And that's true police brutality. Oh we hear God. claims of police brutality oh all the time, but that is true police brutality. The reason there wasn't much protest after that, because you have to give kudos to their staff. All the parameters that came from the previous protests actually worked. If there was no body cam, if there was no dome cam, would we f- know about it? They That's fired right. them right away. They knew right away that they had to go, right? Mm-hmm. That means the system worked. They were indicted within that week. Yeah. That's what most of the protests are about. So the parameters that are, were, have come from all this other stuff, it actually worked. Are yeah. police getting trained properly? Yes, we, but it's it, it's a non it's a it's just like in technology. It's constantly changing. You have to constantly be able to learn because it's always something different. Even as a cop, you don't know everything. Some people think when you're a cop that you just read every law book in America and it'd be like <laughs> subsection such and such such and such. Usually, based on your assignment, dictates what you know or what your expertise is. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's always room for improvement. But the one thing that cops need to, I feel like is if you're supposed to serve the people, be with the people. Yeah. Go listen to the people. Get out your car and meet the people. Yeah. Because the people, the, I swear to you, my prosecutor in Atlanta calls me every day because we're working on a case. What do you What do you say to the person what? that you talk to, like on a traffic stop, like you just said? That's not a criminal, but they know that they haven't paid their tags, and they know that if they get pulled over, they might have a warrant for their arrest. They're a good person and otherwise, but the money situation might scare someone to doing something wrong. And said, in a traffic stop. I'm going to explain it to him. I'm going to explain exactly what is happening, why it's happening, and what I have to do. Mm -hmm. If you have a warrant, that's above, I can't just let you go. Right. Because at the same time, let's say if you had a warrant for something serious and I let you go and then you hurt Vic, Mm -hmm. that's on me. Right. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's one of those things where when you empathize with people and you explain it to people, most people understand. Most people don't understand what their rights are mm-hmm. or why I'm being stopped. Yeah. So that becomes a problem. What I was saying about my prosecutor, they don't understand how I still get calls from Atlanta. I could, I had to explain to her, I could probably do more from my couch than some officers because of the relationships yes. that I've established. Yeah. It's just like in sh- you guys' business. Mm-hmm. You guys can make call about radio stuff or media right. because over the years you've built relationships with different people. Mm-hmm. Over the years, I you got to think, I was there for 16 and a half years. Yeah. I know people from all different walks of life. Yeah. Um, we had an incident in the prison or uh, in the jail down there. An inmate got stabbed. Right. I knew before the prosecutor knew. And she's hmm. working on the case. Yeah. I told her, like, you need to go check on this. She's like, how do you know this? Right. Because I have relationships with people that work there. You were just getting ready to talk about, you had just said when Eric asked you the question that you talked to this prosecutor in Atlanta. Were you going to tell a story? That, well, the story was they had a gang fight in the prison. An inmate got stabbed 35 times. Wow. My phone rang at 630 in the morning. While I'm getting ready for work, I don't live there. I'm not a cop anymore or anything. But the part, the contact that I have knows me and feel comfortable and telling me and knowing I'm going to leave them out of this, but I'm going to get the necessary traction that it yeah. needs because of relationship. You, One of my biggest informants is a gang member. Why? Because we have a relationship. 
you can't you can't prepare for the game on the day of the game. You can't go to a murder scene and say, "What you know? Tell me something." Yeah, because some people are risking their life by mm-hmm. being telling that. Yeah. So if I don't trust you, why would I talk? You don't talk to me no other day. I walk past you every day, yeah. and you say nothing to me. Why would I trust my life with you? Yeah. That's what we have to think about. Yeah. How is Rockwood doing? How they talk about that? <laughs> you know, no, that. you say know. that every time. Well, you try just, it every you know time. I, I, you try it every. I can, am can you, can you can you talk in nope. hypotheticals? Nope. Of others. That's his nope. current job. That is how I pay my bills. I will not speak on any <laughs> of that exactly at all. Hey, That's speaking, like me talking about movies. You know, speaking about you paying, try it every time too, don't you? I'm gonna sneak it in one of these. <laughs> he does. Man. Speaking of paying bills too. <laughs> Are you looking for sponsors? Are you looking for people Always. to try to do what you're doing, to grow it? Do you have a dream of doing more? My dream of Clippers and Cops is doing a full-blown tour. My goal for Clippers and Cops pretty much is to be in every city in America doing this. If we're talking about police reform, we're talking about how to fix things, it's got to start with conversation. If you go to marital counseling, you're going to basically to somebody to communicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're basically going to the barbershop to communicate with the community. And it's to learn from each other, not just the cops telling you, you do this, you need to do this, or so I don't shoot you. No, it's not what it is. You need to hear, some of the officers need to hear the horror stories from some of the people. And the goal is to go from city to city doing this, like tell, showing people that there's another way that we can do this. We can't, the, the problem with that I don't like is we're constantly talking about the negative. Well, we need to do yeah. this, or we need to do that. Yeah. What are you doing? What are we doing? And this is what I'm not saying Clippers and Cops is an end and all. I'm just saying this is what I decided to do, and me and my friends decided to do, to try to put our own two cents to try to make it better. Always looking for corporate sponsorship, whoever want to help. Even with the, what we're doing the other day, um, I had a guy with a gaming truck. And I'm like, oh, that'll be because at the barbershop, it's two big parking lots. Yeah. I'm like, you can set up yeah. a gaming. We can set up food trucks. For the people that can't make it in, they can go eat, talk, because yeah. it's conversation. And the guy was like, well, I need $1,000. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have $1,000 to give you. This yeah. is for the community. Yeah. And so that's the part that it it hurts me because people don't look at the bigger picture. It's not all about money. At, for a community, it's about people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, we, when we go to a, the church – and you're next to somebody. I don't care who you. Well, in black church, I don't know how everywhere go, but yeah. you <laughs> hold hands with people, hugging on people that you don't even know because it's about community. It's about God, and it's the same thing. Only way we can change things is start doing something different. We can't keep doing the same yeah. stuff expecting a different result. Yeah. And we all have to do our part. You know, I, I find especially now. I used to live in the city. Now I live in the county. It's so easy to look the other way. It's easier to look the other way than it is to help. We all want to sit around and complain, complain, and worry about crime, yet none of us actually do anything. The simplest thing of grabbing a group of kids. Oh, let me tell you this story about a kid, matter of fact. We go to a high school in Atlanta during the campus invasion. When I meet this kid, I'll let y'all hear it after the show. His voice, he sounds like James Earl Jones. He's mm-hmm. 17 years old. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I said, what are you? I said, dude, you need to be doing voiceover. He said, what's that? Yeah. I'm like, you know, like Lion King, the voices for the animals? Yeah. He was like, I ain't never. I said, what are you trying to do for college? I wasn't planning on going to college. Within that visit, my buddy does media in Atlanta, mm-hmm. put him in touch with him, brought him in the studio. I'm going to play the voiceover, the voice memo. He sounds, he, he's not even trying 
and he sounds like a professor. He did the Arby's. We are the meat. He did that. Oh, I remember that. Practicing. Yeah, I do. And he sounds what? You know I'm the guy that was playing for you, <laughs> wow. and I swear to you, your uh, y'all mouth are gonna drop. And he's Wait not even what? trying. I remember that. Is that he didn't him? do that. No, that's not him. Oh. I was about I'm to saying, say, damn. We are trying to help him. Yeah. Get that. And what the moral of that story is: pour into. Find one kid that you can find yeah. and pour into them. Yeah. Even, not your own kid, a random kid you may meet. What are your plans for the future? It ain't even that you got to be there. It could yeah. be a phone call that you can make for that kid to change their whole life. And if you change that kid's life, you could change his family's life. How are the churches doing in the community? Are they reaching out to these kids? Are they doing a good job, you think? Or are they just passive and they stand by and they don't I do don't much? know. <laughs> I would love to know the answer I to don't. Question. You would have to ask somebody within the Eric. church. I go to church. And I get my own spiritual uh, yeah. uplifting with Eric, my family. Eric, all but stats, all stats, and all polls show it's the parents with every that are the responsible ones when it comes to a child's spiritual upbringing. Every, it is it is up to the parents, mm-hmm. and kids look at <laughs> number one. Kids look at their parents first of all. Then number two, it's up to the parents to make sure they're going and learning and. Understand, like anything in life, it's the parents. The but, churches have to be open and be there and be receptive. It's just, it's but a, what's the safety net, though? That, yeah, because a lot of the times the parents are right. not if available. They're not around. This, exactly. That's the that's and the you indirect part. We're never it. taught a certain way or something. You've been through trauma or whatever yourself. Mm-hmm. Usually, you pass it. Just like most people, parent who was an alcoholic, sometimes you turn out to be an alcoholic. That's where the and, gang step in, and so yep. it has to be some type of safety net. Within, but, but the church isn't the safety net because kids aren't going to go to church if their parents aren't telling them to go to church. That's just a fact. It's got to be more. <laughs> I feel like it should. It's got to be other programs. Yeah, other things in place. Clippers and cops. I can't say the word, but I'm going to try. Guys, that's what <laughs> I say. You're doing a phenomenal job. Thank that's you. what I say. Clippers and I, I cops. invite y'all to come. I want y'all to come, even if y'all don't come for five, when? ten Give minutes. everybody the information again it's right now. It's the 16th at Faded Barbershop off 2709 Marcus. Avenue what, in the city. What time? Six to eight. You could come earlier so that you can engage in whatever food trucks show up Uh-oh. and engage. And I just want you to feel, you don't even have to come to talk. I want you to come feel the energy in the room. When you do it, you I promise you, you start hearing things and learning. Every time I Opened do your this, eyes. Hey, wait yeah, I learn something myself. From people that I don't even know. No, I'll come. I'll be there. I'll be there and Absolutely. shoot some. I'll be there to shoot some video, Please so do. we can show some. Uh, give give a give a little flavor for. Have people. you set up a cancel this? The street team. Our cancel the street team. There you go. You're in. You're in touch with media, correct? Channel five, four, and two. Nope. That's where Vic comes in. At. Vic, make a phone call. Come on, man. Well, I used to get him on <laughs> on channel two. <laughs> and right. then I passed him you, off to another. You actually reporter. did it first. Honestly, that's what's crazy about how you and I met because you did it yeah. first. Hell and yeah, then I a did. month later, the conversation started with me coming back. So Bingo. Well, yeah, because it. you're the real deal, man. I was told. <laughs> Well, see, I've been out in the community all over the place for the right. last seven, eight years since I moved back to St. Louis. And you've got to get out in every part of the city and learn people and understand. And your name came up. And I was like, you better believe I'm going to go jump on that story. <laughs> you Somebody trying to make an effing difference? <laughs> yeah. You a interviewed cop? me in, I was at, at, in, a, in our gang war room where you interviewed me on Zoom. And yeah. that, honestly, that prob- that didn't necessarily get the ball rolling. But that let people here know that I exist. Yeah. And 100%. the sad part about it is I feel 
I don't inter- I don't tell everything that I do. Why? Because I love doing what I do here. Like here, I'm kind of laid back. I love coaching. I coach at Marquette. I love being with my t- my kids. Like to see them grow from where they are and learning. It's an amazing feeling because then when they come to you and say thank you, thank that worked, or when they do yeah. something that you told them, it's price. It's the same thing we're talking about. Pour into these kids. We talk about. I talk about the same stuff with them. Yeah. Decision making. Your decisions now. They live in a different world with social media. You know what's so fascinating mm-hmm. about you is sure. that you are a uh, a product of manifestation. You, you even said it. You get on a Zoom call with him. It threw it into the universe of what you want to do. There's a logo behind you and an event that's about ready to happen. You've manifested all of this stuff. I didn't. Just keep manifesting. Well, exactly. Well, <laughs> I don't know everybody's well, that's religious belief. manifest the universe. But yeah, this absolutely. is the, what I live by. Every yep. storm isn't meant to harm. Most yeah. storms, think about it. You, you need a new roof, but you can't afford it. And mm-hmm. a tornado comes through and rip your roof off. Now you get a new house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's that's how I think. Everything that happened in my life, it yeah. made me who I am today. You grow in the storm, change. trust me. I know. And I, I wouldn't know change recently. Anything. It makes sense. Yeah. And I told you that. Yeah, of course I told you did. You that. I, the reason I believe that is God has something better for you, and the only way he can pull you out is through a storm. Yeah. So do you believe in ghosts? Not at all. <laughs> it, was a, it was a paranormal <laughs> Friday. Spirits. Spirits? Um, have you I ever just, Have you ever seen them? No. That's what I don't. I feel no. like I've never seen anything. I don't believe in that. I, See, Tabitha has. You have to have if you. And I was going to say the same thing to you it earlier. It was a paranormal Beth. Friday, so I've never seen anything. If you don't go. have an open mind to it, you're not going to Correct. see it. And I and I believe that. I, I don't. I'm not saying that someone never has. And when you see certain stuff, sometimes it's unexplained. <laughs> uh, like, but at the same time, I don't believe in that. And I, I the, the only reason I say that is that even as a cop. You you go into certain things and you're like you're scaring yourself sometimes, but I've never seen like a figmentation come <laughs> around me, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that's a guy. well, Tabitha, oh, like, one, no. and I want to make sure Tabitha wanted to ask you a question about I this do. being police. I want to know: Have you ever had a premonition? Like one of those days, you woke up and you thought something's going to happen today. I shouldn't probably go to work, or I I shouldn't do this, or I shouldn't confront this person. Um, not uh, sometimes. I call that the spot your spidey senses. Right. Yeah. We all got <laughs> yeah, but it is exactly that, yeah. Yeah, your spidey senses tell you something. Don't feel right about this. Don't do it. And then most people will do it, and then something happens, and right. they're like, man, yeah. someone's telling yeah. me not to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've had that. Like, because you said yeah. police deal with this. Or you were saying oh, well, something. I have a, a ton of police officer friends, and, and but it is exactly what you're saying, the spidey senses, where sometimes they'll say, you know what? I would normally do this, but I got a bad feeling about it, and I'm not going to do that. Right. So many people tell me that because they, they're faced with so many critical situations where you just have moments to think, and then they later say, well, if I had done it the way I would normally do it, I probably would have been shot, and or I would have come across somebody I shouldn't have come across. As you become a police officer, it, come, it becomes instinct, or you, you begin to think about different, your, like they say, you often hear them say, my training kicked in. That's what it is. Your, 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 your training and your, your mindset kicks in to say, well, I should do this or I should do that. It ha- I think that's just part of being a, wh- what you've been exposed to. I, when you become a police officer, you see the world different. You see carnage. You see the bad in people. And it makes you look at the world totally yeah. different because you've seen it. But it's also instinctual. And it's very instinctual. So I got to ask a you. a big word. I can't say it. <laughs> Chiefs or uh, Eagles? 
I'm kind of in the middle. I got a lot of so I I became a Chiefs <laughs> Best fan. Best question, Eric. Look, look, look. I became a Chiefs fan because in St. Louis we've lost two franchises in my life. Yes. Uh, my brother-in-law played for the Giants, so I'm kind of like a Giants fan. Yeah. I lived in Atlanta, cheered for the Falcons when we and hurt with them when we lost to the Patriots. Yeah. Worst Super Bowl yeah. loss ever. Oh my god. <laughs> and so I have friends that are Eagles, and I have friends for the Chiefs. I think I I want the Eagles to win, but I think the Chiefs. Are going to. Win. I got it backwards. I think the <laughs> I think the Eagles are going to win, but I want to see Mahomes come off of that rotten little leg that he's got. Well, he on. won the MVP last night. That's so. who I play with on Madden is the Chiefs. So yeah, that's a good choice because <laughs> you got the quarterback that exactly. can throw from every dang angle. Uh, seriously, uh, people want to get to know you. They can go to clippersandcops.org. There you go. You can help out with the issue. I'll be there. I'll shoot some video. Please, I, uh, I don't, you Tuesday don't have to stay. I know it's two hours. So I know it's a long time. I, I will know. be there. We'll, hopefully I stand we'll up here there. for two hours every day. I Please. think I need to do two no, hours. No, but one of the things, you invited me to a call. <laughs> and remember, you had me on a call with other cops Correct. across the country. And that's, that's when we were doing it on Zoom. And that opened it up. And the whole thing about it is you don't even understand that your presence says so much without even speaking. It says that I care enough to show my face. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And that's all I, I ask of you. I don't expect... People in Atlanta show up and they be like, I could, it was so packed in there, I couldn't get in there. And it may be like that. I want, I ask that you show up, meet a couple of people, and then go. That's, That's a good I problem ask. to have, though. We'll, we'll move it to somewhere else. We'll go to the Denny's down the street where well, it's Well, my goal with the program here in St. Louis is this is a start. Like this, I just came yeah. up with this idea when I texted you a week and a half yeah. ago. Yeah. And it's already grown to where it is. Mm-hmm. So what can we do with more preparation? Yeah. And I think that working it into what's going on in the city during that time would be awesome. And it's a chance to not only I don't want to just go to inner city barbershops. I want to go to Maybe. suburban barbershops. You know what I you know what I'm Absolutely. you know what I'm yep. feeling? I'm feeling you guys need to do I, I feel like I need you need to get some nice cameras in there with an officer, a cop talking to a kid maybe, and just going through what it is that you guys do, a 30-second PSA to go. I got go, something better. All right, Come on, Eric. He's this, on top Eric. of that. Watch this. <laughs> One of my state trooper friends, she said, um, you should let the kids do the traffic stop. Oh. And let them show you what they think how it's supposed to okay. go. Okay. Oh, my God. And I then get that on film. That. Get Correct. that on film. And the reason that is is because – that's an opportunity not only for the officer to oh learn, my God. but for to show them, well, Come this on. is our training <laughs> and this is the law. And gotta we do learn it. from each other. Got to do it. I love that. And you got to get it on tape. Oh, And it needs to be on that's TikTok. Great, great so that's it a, needs to be on YouTube. We're trying to get era. a... Um, Clippers and Cops, another, 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 what would we call it? We're, we're thinking, we're just creative now. But another... Um, uh, adolescent cu- pulling over an officer. You have your officer gear on. Give him the keys to the cruiser. Let him pull your ass over, and let's go and see what what that would look like. And put it on TikTok. I love the kids this. Love TikTok. Boom. <laughs> hey Ty, thanks for Come coming on, in man. today, Appreciate man. You spent a lot of time with us. We'll catch up next week. Uh, Clippersandcops.org. Clippersandcops.org. Ty Dennis, Appreciate our friend, it. actually out there trying to make a difference, putting his time there. Right. And um, next time, maybe we won't ask you a question about being the district safety officer. No, he, he can ask me, but I'm not going to answer. But I, that's what well, people know. This ain't my first time in, okay. in front of a, a mic. I know, but I, every time you did, I almost slip that thing I think through. You asked me that the last time. Somebody on the chat. It's it's there. fascinating. I'm not, not going to answer that because. So, that's Do you have okay? Can I ask you this? What? 
Do they have any kitty litter in any of the bathrooms over there at Rockwood? What? Exactly. Never mind. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you. He's off the talking air. about furries. <laughs> oh, must. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this has canceled us. Thanks to Ty Dennis. Thanks to George Nori, uh, who joined us as well this morning from Los Angeles. We appreciate him jumping in for that paranormal part of the Friday, what he's doing on his radio show, Coast to Coast Nationwide. Scotty Gherkin, you got to get better, my man. We hope you're you're yeah. you're going to be better and He'll ready be to fine. rock and roll Saturday night when I come see you. Don't be a puss. You're, you're, Eric, it's punk rock, man. Come on. Eric Johnson, Platinum Rock Legends at Ameristar Saturday. You got anything to say, buddy? Yeah, he does. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> He's so sick, poor thing. Just don't get close to the stage. Eric Johnson, Tab the Hassle. I'm Vic Faust. Cancel this. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you Monday when we have the president of the Ethical Society of Police in studio. Really? Who? Oh, you know who it is. Donnie? You got it. Donnie's going to be here Monday. We're you talking about them. Come on, Ty, we're connected, dude. What's up? So me and Donnie dance. Take the, uh, uh, it hurts. And, well, Donnie's going to be here. We're going to be talking about a possible state takeover Monday. Monday. Yeah, you stay out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll take care of all this for yeah. you, man. Don't worry Thanks, about man. It. We got to get out of here. Uh, Cancelthisshow.com. Cancelthisshow.com. Continue to share the show. Have an awesome weekend. See you Monday. Go Chiefs! Chiefs! <laughs>